Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Truthseeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increasing chronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen won't you come come and take me Into the Truth Seeker Podcast. Dark Owls, Psychics, everything's ungodly. Dark Savage. Streaming live at TruthSeeker.com. She's not a Christian. Give it up, y'all. Your portal to the paranormal, esoteric, and all things spiritual. She's tampering in dark savage stuff. And now, your host, Truth Seeker. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Truth Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Truth Seeker, and uh, excited and delighted to be here with you guys again today to discuss all things spiritual, man. This is what we do. This is what we bring to the table. Um, we didn't go through this stuff for no reason. We didn't give our lives to study in the spirit realm and the esoteric and things that go bump in the night essentially for no reason. We like to kind of bring this stuff to the table be open, honest, and talk about it in hopes that it will help somebody. Um, like we kind of been stating on some of the last episodes that, you know, everybody doesn't have to kind of walk down those roads that we, we've done. Like you're welcome to, it's available if it's there for you on your life journey, on your life's path, but you don't have to. Um, 
experienced the fastings and the wilderness experiences, UFO, ET encounters. Like if that piques your interest and you want to go down that realm, it's real. And we're going to be open and honest about encounters with it. But you don't have to do that. We can kind of go there, do the, the, the study, do the work, do the fasting, the psychedelic adventures, whatever it is, and kind of act as the shaman who's able to go into those realms, get the information and bring it back and then throw the pearls before the swine sometimes where we just present it and some people scoff at it, some people mock it, other people apply it to their lives and their lives are changed forever by the information that comes out of the ethers in the dream state in in these psychedelic realms and the, the the higher conscious the ethers uh the scribes have been writing about this for centuries and all of the holy books and all the holy writings and things like that are based off of these type of encounters in the mind and what happens whenever we go to sleep the things that go bump in the night we're going to be speaking about that uh today on the show so i hope you guys uh are ready to, to, to go in deep with us because that's what we're doing. So uh, I want to give a quick shout out and not go any further to us say a quick thank you to everybody who is faithfully supporting this podcast and my music and allow me to do this uh, full time with this stuff. So I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I stay in an attitude of gratitude for all the supporters and everybody who's partnered with me with this vision. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Everybody who's supporting on Patreon, I want to give a quick shout out to some of the people right now. Um, and even people who are like donating during the live stream as well. I just got a donation at the very beginning from Crowlings, man. Thank you for the support. That means a lot. So quick shout out to some of the newest patrons here. We have uh, Crowlings is on here with us. Jared Jones, Jonathan Santiago. What's up, brother? Alba Rodriguez, Alexis Sampson, Corianne Mitchell, and everybody else who's uh, been supporting the show as well. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Some of the Diamond Body supporters that we have, we're going to give a special shout out to uh, Benny Ween and family supporting in Austria, Australia. What up, mate? Good day, mate. Uh, and uh, also a special thank you to Adam Brink and family for supporting as well at the Diamond Body level. Uh, you guys mean the world to me. So if you'd like to support, head on over to patreon.com backslash truth seeker and there there's a bunch of cool ways that you can support at any level of giving anywhere from a dollar to whatever you're able to do and every little bit helps man i thank you guys so if you'd like to uh do that head over there check that out you get access to my entire discography you also get access to the thursday night school of the mystics that's what we're doing like the community aspect of it now uh, we've done some training stuff with going through some courses together there and uh, a lot of times we just hang out and have open discussion and dialogue and we get into prayer and just really pick each other's brains. And uh, really, it's just a, a big part of the community of what we're building here with the School of the Mystics. So uh, if that interests you, check that out. Check out our Discord app where we hang out throughout the week and, and uh, yeah, encourage one another in the spirit. So that's what we're doing. Patreon.com backslash Truthseeker. So. All that's out the way. Thank you, guys. It means a lot. I'm going to bring on today's guest. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Lainey Dolphin about dream interpretation. Lainey, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Derek. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, yeah. It's a, just a, a, a blessing and a privilege to have you here. I've been writing. I'm trying to write my magnum opus about everything I know in the spirit, right? All of these encounters, how angels operate dreams visions and stuff like that and i really just got done writing uh some uh, on the subject of dreams dream interpretation there's a lot of stuff in the bible that's really interesting when it comes to god 
given uh, dreams to to man and uh, communicating with mankind through dreams, visions, um, and the imagination, those type of things. There's a scripture I just kind of want to start off with that always intrigued me, especially when it comes to dreams. But it's uh, Job 33, 16, and it says, In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings upon the bed, it says, Then he, meaning God, opening uh, openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. So every night when we go to bed, something happens. One of the things that happens, the Bible says, is that God opens up our ears so that we can hear and understand from the dreams and the visions of the nighttime. So there's a lot of that stuff all throughout the Bible. It's very interesting to me. And like I said at the beginning, every holy text and tablet has to deal with this type of stuff. So I'm excited to explore this with you a little bit today. Um, if you want to start off, it'd be a really good place to start. Just kind of tell people okay, who you are that's good. and what you bring uh, to the table. Well, It'd be I, awesome. I uh, love what you just said, and it's a similar, uh, not similar, it's the same philosophy that I have. Um, and so this is what I'm here to say, because I have a, a people, different people have different perspectives about dreams, and I have many perspectives about dreams but what I'm going to talk about today is my main perspective, and that is to, and I take the mystery away. And that's what I'm going to do here today for you. And so um, the dream at the first level, so I'm not going deep yet, at the first level, the dream is about something that either happened to you yesterday or something that you thought about yesterday. And the dream is the discussion that you're having with yourself about a very specific current issue that you are attempting to problem solve this week. So I'm not going deep yet about Childhood. what else is going <laughs> on there. I like to, I'm a first things first kind of girl. And I like to, and that's the reason why I wrote uh, two books because the first book just tells you how to do it in like a hundred pages or less. And that includes the pictures mm -hmm. because I just want to teach you how to decode why you had that dream last night and the incredible news I have for you, which kind of goes so nicely with the way you opened up the show is that the solution to the issue comes to you in your unconscious, of course, before it gets to your conscious. And so if you only know what the heck you're trying to say to yourself with those pictures and metaphors, and that's what I teach you to uncover. I teach you how to uncover and deconstruct the language of the pictures. That's what I do. And once you tell me, because I do it through a series of questions, it's the dreamer who ends up telling me what the dream is about. And once you've named the situation, oh, I'm not happy with my job, I want to break off with my girlfriend, once we find out what event triggered that dream for you, then we go back in the dream and I teach people what a solution looks like when it comes in the form of a metaphor. And if you give me like about maybe two minutes, I could go right to the depth so, and then I'll give you a one picture dream and it'll tell you, so we know for the rest of our discussion, exactly where I'm coming from. Okay. Uh, do you want me to do that? Yeah, that's fine. 
Okay, so here's what I would say. And, and it's the reason why I do dream analysis and why I've been doing it for 45 years. Um, this is the reason I do it. Because when we are born, we are born whole. We come into this world with a plethora of possibility. And I like to call it potential. <coughs> Excuse me. I am definitely coming down with something. Me too. Y'all send energy. <laughs> definitely. I am too. It's crazy. And I'm going to send it right back to you. <laughs> um, and so we have the potential to be selfish, giving, shy, assertive, a hero. We could be a chicken. You know, those people that are always the ones who are initiating a get together and the people who are always on the receiving end. Or maybe you were the comedian in your family or maybe you were more serious. So we come in whole. We have every possibility and the people that bring you up teach you that it's better to be one way than another way. And so we become what Frederick Pearls called over invested in certain aspects of our personality and under invested in others. And so Jung would have called your under invested sides, your shadow and Freud would have called your over exercised parts, your habitual responses to life situation. And so um, he would have called it repetition compulsion. And that's what we do. It's like we keep repeating the same boring responses to waking life situations. And it's because there's so many parts of ourselves that are under exercise. So I'm going to give you a very quick and uh, wonderful example. It's like one of my favorites is that if you're born into a home with siblings, you probably get the message that it's not okay to be selfish because you hear things like, go share your toys with your brother, mm -hmm. go look after your sister. And your whole life experience anyways is all about sharing your parents' attention. And so your whole being is about this thing about sharing. And so and conversely, if you're brought up as an only child, you really, you don't have to share your toys. You don't have to share your parents' attention. And you automatically become more relaxed and comfortable with doing things for yourself. And what that turns up looking like, and I don't say it's in all cases, but in the majority of cases, what you'll find is, you know, those people that just don't know how to say no. They don't know how to look after <laughs> themselves to the point where they're always saying yes. And those are people that typically come from a home with siblings and people who are OK about looking after themselves more typically come from a, a life experience, a childhood experience where there doesn't need to be a lot of sharing. So here's a man who was dreaming. It's a one picture dream. And I'm saying it also because I want you to know that if you have trouble with dream recall, you don't have to remember a story with a beginning, a middle and an end because that expression, one picture is worth a thousand words is really true. And so here's a man dreaming that he's climbing up a ladder and papers are everywhere. There's paper all over the place. And the higher he goes up the ladder, the more paper fills in. And at the top of the ladder is this man who was his college roommate, who he has not seen in like 20 years, but using a symbols point of entry. So I'm going to teach you several points of entry today. 
But using a symbols point of entry, I asked him to tell me very quickly, what are the first two or three things that come to your mind about that guy? And this is what he said. He said, I'm going to say it exactly. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He said, oh, I associate him as a selfish, take care of me first kind of guy. That's how he described him. And the dream was about the fact that the dreamer has work piled all over his desk. That's all the papers in the dream. And he uses a ladder because, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. So he uses a metaphor of the ladder to link him, to link his sophisticated, unconscious and uh, memory base. He's linking himself to using a ladder to talk about his work and the paper that he has all this work on his desk. And the incident that triggered the dream was his friends the day before asked him, they were trying to make plans to go see a movie. And really the truth is the dreamer doesn't want to go to a movie, but he doesn't have what it takes to say no. And so he dreams about this um, selfish, take care of me kind of guy, roommate, and that's who's encouraging him up the ladder. And so the what happens is, your ego or yourself, you take the part in the dream that you feel the most comfortable with and you give out all the other parts of yourself to different people, places and things, even animals. And so this dreamer, the, the roommate, is the solution to the issue. The dreamer needs to access that potential that he has to take care of himself. And to say, no, I don't want to go to a movie. I want to stay. I want to stay by my desk and finish up my work so I can feel relaxed. And so the, because he understood the analysis of the dream, it encouraged him. He's not going to become that selfish guy overnight. I'm not here to tell you that change is easy. I am here to tell you that change is possible and the solutions to the issues appear in the dream in the form of a metaphor. And it is your first opportunity when they appear to exercise these under exercised aspects of your personality. And what's the prize that you get the first time you go to the gym. We all know if you're using a muscle you haven't used before, it really hurts the next day and it hurts even more two days later. So the first time that this guy picks up the phone to tell his friends, I'm not going to go to a movie, it feels weird and uncomfortable and strained because he's not used to speaking up for himself. But now he's exercised that muscle one time. And what does that look like next time? Next time, it's a little easier. And the time after that, it's a little easier. And after 15 years of practicing saying no when it fits, you know, because in my world, and I'll, I'll just say this before I finish, 
In my world, there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. For me, it's all about appropriate and inappropriate. What is the appropriate response? Was this dreamer's situation that he brought forward, is it appropriate for him to go to a movie? Or is it more appropriate for him to pay attention to himself? And this way, you become so powerful when you exercise these different muscles, people stop um, imagining that you're always going to have that same reaction. You surprised people because you have a bag of tricks. <laughs> what is the end goal for here, though? So, like, it, it's almost like, um, like you have a destiny or something and you kind of like the, I, if we want to look at the hero's journey or something where like you you have th this destiny or whatever and you ha you're like plagued by these thoughts and these dreams and I should have did this or I need to do this next or whatever I Who, love it what what's going on with that inward dialogue are we dealing with are we dealing with the divine are we dealing with our own song and dance the trash from the day is there a course that we want to be on or that we're supposed to be on that would the dreams right. are trying to push us back on that path and or something never, uh, and it's never an accident derek because i've been doing this for 45 years and i promise you the unconscious mind is so sophisticated it's not an accident and it's definitely not random that he chose that particular person to be at the top of the ladder that's not random he didn't see that guy for over 20 years and so i call it your higher self mm -hmm. some people call it god but i can assure you that your unconscious mind never lies to you never it never lies to you and it always delivers to you exactly what you can handle yeah. I love that you said, what's the end game? I love that question because I'll tell you what the end game is. In the second, um, my books are called Have a Great Dream, by the way, and my site is haveagreatdream.com. And in the second Have a, Have a Great Dream book, um, I, I say, I call it, I don't even golf, but I call it playing a different game on the back nine because for the first 40 years, I lived my life according to my parents' perception of who I am and what's the right behavior in the world. And in this, and playing a different game on the back nine, that's me taking back all these parts of myself that I'm not as comfortable with. And what is the end game? The end game is called maturity. Carl Jung would have called it individuation. Uh, Freud called it maturation because little by little mm -hmm. you want to be living your life as to who you think you are. Who does your higher self think you are? And your unconscious is delivering the message. It's unbelievable. And all I want to do is give you more and more examples. All that your unconscious is doing is presenting you with all of this potential every night when you go to sleep. So the a lot of times the first half of our life we're like i think we're living by default i kind of coined that that's what i call it default we're just a product of the environment parents thoughts whatever schooling i just walked into a job interview and now i've been here 10 years or whatever we're like on default and then we kind of like try to take the power back and in the dream state we're like trying to uh right the wrongs of the first half of our life like we're talking about and then once we do that, then we're trying to right the wrongs in the last week or the last day. 
there's a there's there's ter- terminology in the Bible. They call it like the sanctification process. Like we're trying to right all these wrongs to become this new person or the person that we desire for ourselves. And the higher self knows that. I I, I agree with that. Terms watching us like, okay, you're supposed to do this. This is what you're sitting here to do. Almost like an avatar state where it's like, okay, I I know what you're supposed to do. I know the answers and I know how everything turns out and we can connect with that. Like you said, some people call it God. We look at the higher self that may be seated with the gods. That's a, right. an idea, but is that kind of what it is? Like we're trying, we're trying yes. to get to you've got perfection you've got of the, the dream idea. that is for us. Right. Absolutely. You've got the idea. I just want to give you a couple of examples because then you'll get more and more familiar with it. And here I'm going to use an action point of entry. Because for the first dream, I told you it was more of a symbols about the ladder and about the the, the uh, roommate, the selfish roommate. And this time I'm talking more about an action point of entry. Um, and this happens also in the second book. It's called the picnic dream. And here's a woman who's dreaming that she's at a picnic. And when I ask her, what is the definition of a picnic? If I was a little girl and I don't know what a picnic is, how would you describe it? And I'm writing like a maniac while a dreamer is talking because I don't want my definition of a picnic or your definition of a picnic. I want to hear what her associations are. And that's why you can't look it up in a book. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I, I was looking at a, a book here earlier. I've used books in the past to kind of give you ideas that what this might represent. Um, and I know that there's like twofold on a lot of things. They, they could mean right. more, like, you know, if it's a snake, it could mean gossip. It can be mean slander. It can mean someone telling a tale. It can mean so many things. And I was looking at a book earlier that I was thinking about taking a course on with my my group. But um they only looked at the negative stuff. Like all of this stuff was only negative when like the snake also represents wisdom and knowledge and, you know, and, 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 and being right. smart. Right. And so you have to f- figure out what it means for that person just because and there's not, this, you right, know, and a not, not only that's right. And not, you're so smart and not only that, w- what it means for that person, but how does it relate to something this week that's going on? Like I know a woman using a play on words and puns uh, point of entry because we use puns and play on words constantly in our waking life and also in our dreams. And she said, there were snakes all over the floor. I couldn't put my foot down. And I said, why? Who are you having trouble putting your foot down with? And it turned out to be a story about her husband this week. Mm -hmm. So you want to, and that was her using a pun Or if you say, I was so embarrassed, I thought I was going to die. If you talk like that, the language that you use, then you might go to sleep tonight and dream that you're dying. And it's not that you're dying. It's that you're processing some situation that happened yesterday in which you were very embarrassed. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to tell you, this woman's um, association about a picnic, she said, a picnic is when you eat outside of the house on a blanket. She says that there's a few ants around, but they're not really spoiling the picnic. And suddenly there's an escalation of feelings, which promotes, for me, a feelings point of entry. She wakes up while those small little ants have changed instead into a horde of ants that are everywhere, ruining the picnic. And when the dreamer wakes up, she wakes up as she's trying to 
get the horde of ants off her with her hands. This is the way she's getting rid of a horde of ants, pushing them away with her hands. And so before I tell you what the dream was about, I would ask you, Derek, do you think that that's an effective, appropriate way for the dreamer to get rid of a horde of ants? Can you get rid of a horde of ants by pushing them away with your hands? Some of them. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. but you're not going to solve the problem yeah. that way. Yeah. So before we even know what's the story behind the dream and anything, before we know the dream or anything, we already know that the dream is showing us a reflection about an, a response to whatever the situation. It's not a competent response. It isn't because you cannot get rid of a horde of ants with your hands. And so I, so we already know that looking at the action or the plot, the action in the dream. And so the dream was about the fact that she was having an affair. She's getting her sustenance outside of the house on a blanket. There you see the metaphor happen. And it's about the fact that she's having an affair yeah. and the small ants at the beginning that are not ruining the enjoyment of the picnic are his kids, her kids, her husband, his wife. And the reason there's an escalation that happens is because he was transferred an hour and a half away from home. And so now if she wants to continue the affair, she has to drive an hour and a half to get to where he now lives then she has to spend probably another hour and a half or two hours to be with him. And now she's got to drive an hour and a half back to where she lives and get there in time to pick up the children at school. So that's the escalation why there's now a horde of ants that's out of her control. The situation has gotten out of her control. And what using uh, what Carl Jung called active imagination is when you change the pictures even though you're in waking life, you're not inside the dream, doesn't matter because as soon as you change the picture, you are in essence giving the dreamer another idea. It's what you said when you look up in a book, you get ideas and then you see if you connect to them or not. And what I said is maybe you should get out the raid <laughs> because raid would get rid of a court of ants. And so I'm, making uh, i'm brainstorming mm -hmm. literally that's what brainstorming looks like when you're doing real dream analysis okay. and you're respecting the dreamer so about two days later i got a phone call from her and she said to me i got out the raid and i ended the affair <laughs> that's awesome isn't um, that awesome it is man you're talking about um brainstorming right um using your intuition so if you were I mean, there's so many places we can go. I got so many questions for you. But so if, if you're having the, these dreams, right, and uh, and you're brainstorming and, and somebody's listening to this who, who wants to get into this field, they want to help people with, with their dream, you talk about brainstorming. Um, we talk about using your intuition. Like you hear these things and like intuitively you already kind of know what those symbols represent for the people. So there's that almost like a spiritual aspect to the side of it is there mo is it more spiritual intuitive by tapping into the meanings that way because you're also mentioning a lot of psychology you meant you're mentioning uh it's freud, all freud it's all, 100%. and young 
So yeah. they go together. The psychology and the spirituality, it, does it go together? Or are we just trying to find spiritual woo-woo reasons to explain? Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The psychology. Or they it's kind of hand No, well, I'll, I'll answer your question like this. If I dream about my dad... My father, like if I have to go away on a business trip to speak, which happens all the time, and I have uh, four, uh, by the way, I'm 66. I have uh, four lovely daughters, one of whom unfortunately passed away a few years ago, my eldest uh, daughter. Mm, sorry. Um, but um, um, now what was I saying? Why did I go there? Um don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> um, Psychology so, and spirituality. I, oh yeah, I was going to say that my uh, father, uh, when I have to go away from the kids and the family, that's what I wanted to say. And my sweet husband, when I have to get on a plane and go away from my maternal side, my who I may dream about my mother, because she represents my maternal side. When I dream about my dad, he represents the business male side of my personality. So I might dream about him when I need to access that part of myself because that's who gets on the plane to go away from the family on a business trip. And it helps encourage me to tap into my business side. But how do you and I know that my dad is also not visiting me? from the other side and you will never convince me that he isn't also simultaneously i mean we are very sophisticated so what i am doing is i personally in business i am looking at dreams from a purely psychological perspective i am using freud jung adler and pearls those are the four main fathers of psychology that i am using but i so happen to be a spiritual person and, you, you know, many times I bet you that it's also my father visiting me because we are multitasking. I'm doing the spiritual thing at the same time I'm doing the problem solving thing. It's almost like I, I, I just like the way it's like almost the science of it. And then the spirituality, they kind of they go hand in hand and they kind of prove each other, whether we want to say. Uh, you know, God is opening my ear and speaking to me. God opening your ear, speaking to you is the 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 you the use of the psychology about your dream and how our minds, our brains, our body is uh, formed. Uh, the scripture says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, every single part about us. So the whole, even the allegory and symbolism in God opening my ear is how my brain's working to filter out you know, the problems that I've made for myself and relationships and it, it, it happens to Definitely. me, you know, just like even like, I like how you say even from, you know, that week or the or the day before. Now, what about the childhood stuff? Does that come up too, or you are you we specifically yeah, let's, 
let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I'll start by saying that um, all learning is good. To me, all learning is good. Even if so, if you want to be surface like my husband, and he and he's so cutie guy, but he doesn't want to go deep. He wants to know if he was flying on a cow last night. Before he goes to work, he wants to talk to me about why the heck he was flying on a cow. He doesn't want to take it further and see how that relates to his early childhood relationship with his mother. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah. But I'm going to give you an example. I was brought up in a home, and this is a deeper example. I was brought up in a home by a European dad. He was from Romania, and my mother. While she was born in Montreal, which is where I'm from, um, her parents were European. So in my mind, it's like I was brought up by European parents, period. And I could not look at my father, who was a big sweetheart, but he had a big fat temper. And I couldn't look at him when I was six or seven and he was yelling at me and say to him, excuse me, I don't really like how you're talking to me right now. Because that would have been considered disrespectful in the house I grew up yeah. in. And I probably would have landed up in my bedroom. And so I learned to become under-invested in speaking up and over-invested in shutting up. And so me not speaking up when somebody is insulting me or hurting me becomes, became my knee-jerk reaction. So when I was 40, that was the time I was studying dream analysis at the Alfred Adler Institute with uh, Dr. Leo Gold from New York City. And when I was 40 is also the year my dad passed away. And I was also finding my voice that year. And it makes sense in a spiritual or psychological way that the same year that he passed away was the same year I was exercising my voice. And so one night I had a, a big fight with Andy. Well, it was Andy's big fight, really not mine. And he, like my father, very sweet, kind-hearted man who has a big, fat, stupid temper. And he opened up a big mouth to me and I stood there not saying a word. And when I went to sleep, I dreamt about an aunt of mine who had already been dead for like 15 years. But using the symbols, I asked myself, what are the first two or three things that come to my mind about that woman? And I could tell you the first thing that came to my mind is what a big mouth she had. She was probably the most assertive person I ever <laughs> met in my life. And so the dream is creating a polarity because in waking life, the guy is yelling at me and I'm saying absolutely nothing to speak up for myself. And he, which is related to my childhood. And what is, and I dream about the most assertive person that I, that's in my personal database. Like that's who I associate with the biggest mess because, and that is uh, 40, that's 26 years ago. I said to Andy, Andy, I, it really hurt my feelings how you raised your voice at me last night. It makes me think like I'm six or seven. I'm with my dad again. And I, I really wish you wouldn't do that anymore. So that was the first time that I did that because was my response shaking in my boots like I'm seven and he's my father, is that response appropriate to the current situation? No, he was my equal and he is still my equal mm -hmm. and I don't have to stand there and take it. So now I've been exercising that muscle for 26 years. Yeah. I could tell you that maybe about 15, 20 years ago, 
And he stopped yelling at me. He doesn't even raise his voice to me ever. Because he said something about it. That Right. He understands that there's not this little girl there anymore who was there when we first got married. What is it about people like that? And we deal with these people all throughout life who with whether this is a, a spiritual side or intuitive side. But a lot of times I feel like people can sense that in you. When they meet you, okay, this guy is timid. He's not going to say nothing if I take this from his, I take his lunch money. I, you know, I pay the next, I I pay, like, even on the job, I'm going to pay everybody else more than him because he don't care. He's just grateful to be here. Like, they, they kind of know you without even saying, you haven't said anything. You don't even know him, but they can pick up on something. What is that? and that is the reason you, I just can't, I love when I talk to somebody smart. I'm sorry to say that, but it's just so true. It's just, it energizes me to speak to somebody who's getting it. And you have, you have landed right there, Derek, exactly <laughs> why I do dream analysis. Because you build up your bag of, I call it a bag of tricks, but really it's a bag of responses because how boring would life be if you're the same at 66 that you yeah. were at 12? And we know people like that. And so what the dreams do is they give you an opportunity from your higher self, from God, from your better self. They give you, they give it back to you, all the potential that allows you not to respond necessarily immediately to what's going on in your life it gives you a chance to take it back and think for a minute because I want to add, by the way, your knee jerk response never goes away. So if somebody's very rude to me, my initial knee jerk reaction is still going to be the same. I'm still going to shut up. Now then I'm going to get to think about it. If it's my bank manager, then maybe my (laughs) knee jerk reaction is, is appropriate. But if it's Andy or one of my kids, I am not going to stand there and and take it without speaking up for myself. And that's why you want to do dream analysis right there. That's why you want to do it. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely like do we need to change it though or or do we just need to understand how, you know know thyself. Like know how you work, know how you operate, know what type of situations you work best in, maybe try to stay in those situations or do or, or should we try to change it? Like I'm I'm definitely more passive. Um, I put up with a lot of stuff until it blows up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I, right. I'll, I'll hold my tongue a lot unless it's something I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about. And even then I'll study, learn it, and then just unload about it. Like, right. is that good or is that a character flaw? Should I change it or learn how to best use that to fit me in my life? Right. And you want to start exercising that part of yourself that's not speaking up often enough. Mm -hmm. Because what you're talking about, it reminds me of when you have to, well, sorry to say it, but if you have to pee, you could hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And at a certain point, you have to pee. You start hurting. You start hurting inside. (laughs) And it's not even healthy to hold it in for too long. You can actually hurt yourself. And so that's what, actually, that's what a nightmare is. A nightmare is when you've been holding in your feelings, Mm. holding them in, holding them in. And then all of a sudden you get this huge nightmare and two things happen. One is that physiologically speaking, we are self-regulating organisms. 
And so whatever it is that you're underreacting to in your waking life, the dream is going to overreact. And make you deal with it. it, The overreaction is the nightmare or the recurring or a recurring dream, you know, the kind of recurring dream where you say, I had that dream 10 times in the last two weeks. Yeah. Not not a recurring dream that you have over a lifetime. Yeah. And you have it like short. And so the uh, the object for what you're proposing about being the kind of person who builds things up and then you finally let it out, your goal, or I should say, if the, if I was you mm-hmm. and if that was my, uh, my situation, I would want to be practicing coming out more often, yeah. smaller, <laughs> smaller, yeah. more often. The opposite. Because, yeah, because it's That's not the balance, right? That's the balance, in. right? Yeah, and holding it in can get you a heart attack mm-hmm. uh, or it can get you a host of other things that happen to us uh, physically because our nerves are frayed. Wow. I'm with you on that. That's just finding that perfect balance. And like, that's what it is. So I I can play to my strengths, but the key is to find balance, to do both, to kind of, if that's, if that's happening or, you know, kind of cater to the other side so that I'm more balanced and I'm not just, you know, lopsided all the time and I'm always holding and I just let anything fly because I don't want to offend people. And I I don't speak my truth because I don't want to offend this person. You know what I'm saying? And to find balance with that. Yes. And you you can find a little bit of balance. It's like, since you're sharing about yourself, I'll tell you also about me, which comes from no fault, no fault that, and I write about this in the first book that I had uh, two, I have two sisters who are so significantly older than me. I mean, like one of them got married when I was four and the other one got married when I was six. So I often as a child felt um, not included, excluded, because those two girls, they were friends, the two sisters. And what are they going to do with like a four-year-old sister, a six-year-old sister? I'm not going to be included in who they're dating or what's going on in their life like that. So it's not a matter of fault, but because I'm a person who has a button about being excluded, I have for a long time following Freud's theory of repetition compulsion because we don't like change as humans and we get attracted to people who are going to leave us out. Like if you're a person who has inclusion issues, Mm -hmm. I will automatically, even though it's not good for me, be suddenly attracted to people who aren't going to be the one to call me and invite me out. It's more going to be me who's the initiator and more of them who's going to be the receiver because we resist change so much as humans that we actually veer towards people that are going to give us an opportunity to repeat the stuff that makes us feel bad. And so because I'm aware of that, like you said, You want to put yourself in life situations where you can more use your strength. So when I catch towards the beginning of a relationship that I have attracted myself to somebody who's not going to make me feel welcome and included, what I do now is I don't get mad at myself. Oh, my goodness. I greet that part of Lainey. I greet her with a smile and love. Because she's part of me, that little girl who got left out by the sisters. It wasn't because yeah. they wanted to be mean to yeah. me. 
And so now I have to be kind to myself. And then I say, is the, I don't want to try and change the other person. That- let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You cannot change somebody else. Forget it. You cannot change somebody else. But the only power you have is over yourself to change yourself. Yeah. So I can say to myself, is this who I want to hang around with? Is this who I want for myself? And the answer is no, Derek. I don't want to attract people in my life that make me feel left out. I don't yeah. want to do that anymore. So once you make that decision, it's so spiritual and miraculous how suddenly the right kind of people start appearing in your life as soon as you feel you deserve something better. <laughs> wow. So right. It's so true. Story of my life right now, too. Um, it's about breaking the negative patterns, right? We see these patterns going over or these preconceived notions that we have of judgments and things like that. And we've accepted. And then we kind of learn with that. Cause like, even if I'm talking about being passive and holding stuff in, I've kind of learned how to make that my strength. Like, cause I know, like I learned how to use it and, and kind of work it into my day to day and be successful with holding my voice at times or whatever. Cause sometimes you kind of need to. So there's times where being passive like that helps. And I guess I've tried to put myself in more situations where I'm always passive. Hey, whatever it is versus the other side. But really what seeing those patterns like that is, and like you said, going back your body, your mind, God wants you to find balance in all things and kind of break those habits or patterns, whether it's being that or what would you say? Like if I was you just to finish that, yeah. If that was my dream, I'll say it because that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. If it was my dream and I was you, that's what I'd be looking at. I'd be looking at trying to get myself into situations where I cannot be passive. Yeah, I'd be looking for situations where I'm exercising my voice. Yeah, because then you have you've put it in your bag of tricks, and when life happens, real life happens, and you need to assert yourself, Mm -hmm. you would have that. If you'd have that muscle ready for you. Yeah. You got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything, right? <laughs> yeah. That's it, though. Like, at the end of and the day, it's it's, it's 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 so that you're you're making those good decisions. And, you know, maybe this is sensitive because this can be, like, detrimental. But drug addiction, you know, people, like, there's people who are just going to stay away from it. Nope, can't be around it. Somebody comes in. They were once addicted to marijuana or alcohol. Somebody brings it in. They run. They leave. Right. That right. used to be me. I was a teenager. I got in over my head on, on drugs and things like that. I didn't want to be around it. Couldn't smell it. Brought up bad memories. Took me back to that place. But there comes a, a time where like, you know what? I don't care what you're doing. I'm at peace in every situation. You're, just because you bring that doesn't mean that I have to do it or, or like stoop down to your level. Cause there's those people who come into your life and they have that, that polar energy. 
they, right. you know what I'm saying? They bring something to the table and whether it's peer pressure or I want to fit in that thing we're talking about. And, and yeah. you got seven people who want to fit in and want to be with this person. And so they all kind of flock to that, but it's really knowing yourself and not being, you know, I have people who have, who pass up opportunities and even me flying. I've talked about this. I don't, I was, um, uh, claustrophobic as a kid. My brother used to lock me in chests and put me in drawers, like where you're the oh sock drawer. He put me in the sock drawer and close it. And we're just laying in there and can't get out. And I can't be in s- small vehicles. I can't, I don't, I'm scared to death to fly. I it's and it's coming over. Like I've passed up opportunities to go minister and to go do music and things and speaking engagements because they wanted to fly me out and it's right. messing with me. So to be able to know myself and say, look, I can see that this is a character flaw. It's now the psychological thing is now messing with me in my reality, you know, and to yes. try to get over that somehow through the dream state, yes. through making decisions. Right. Yeah. And it, it also has to do with how you see, how you perceive yourself. It's your, um, your, uh, your whole perception of yourself and how do we get over to the other side? And it's like the first time it reminds me of because um, I, I used to be a chain smoker. And so it reminds me of the first day that I went without a cigarette. That was the first brick on the other side of the wall about my identity because my identity was a smoker. Yeah. And I knew myself that way from the time I was 16 years old. And so now to see myself as a non-smoker or you seeing yourself as a person who's afraid to be in a confined space, the first time you get on a plane just for a short ride, right? Like even a one hour flight somewhere, you know, the first time you do that, you've put one brick on the other side of the wall of your identity. And the second time you do it, you've got another brick. And what do you discover? You discover that like for me, when I quit smoking, it was like, Wow, I'm like still breathing. I'm still here. I'm still alive. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still Laney. Yeah. I still have my identity. And I actually went 24 hours without a cigarette. And then you go, you know, 48 hours. And then so each time you get on a plane, you're you've given yourself, you've exercised that muscle. And the more you exercise the muscle, the more it becomes a part of your new identity. Because you kind of re shaping the way your brain works the way that you react and respond to trauma we're we're like victims by default right i'm a victim because it happened to me so i have to find this way to retrain my brain and and really the only way is to kind of go within for one but to actually step out and do it in small doses right very very behavioral so i'm very psychological well behavioralism is also psychology but i just mean i look at deeper psychology when it comes to the part about uncovering why you had that dream last night decoding it i'm using there i'm using the fathers of psychology but as for the solutions to the issue i i become very behavioral because i i do believe in working out in the gym and it's that concept of exercising those muscles and getting more comfortable with more responses to life situations 
And you want to you want to have that not only because of how people look at you or what they expect from you because of what you've shown them about yourself. It's not only the surprise element of having a different response than what people expect. It's also that I mean I'm a my my first husband passed away when he was 38. Um, Andy and I are children like my kids uh, there's a 20 year spread between my kids they go from 45 all the way down to 25 and so we have a blended family because our youngest daughter was is andy and my child so i have that experience i had cancer so i had that experience so there's so many different experiences that life throws you and you want to equip yourself with a host of different responses and reactions to life situations. You don't want to just have the same, like, you know, and Andy had cancer also. We had cancer together, very uh, competitive couple. <laughs> very competitive. What do you mean you have colon cancer? And like seven weeks later, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Wow. Too bad for you. I'm getting, you know, it's like yeah. kind of weird. But I just mean that when he was sick, I needed to be the style of personality that knew how to open up my mouth with doctors in the hospital and get what I wanted to get for my husband. Yeah. So, I, I, so that wouldn't have been good for me to be that silent person who holds yeah. everything in. And and even with, I, you don't even know like the information like oh they just told me this and that's how I, I like with being passive it's totally playing off in my relationship with my, with my wife she's gonna get to the bottom of it find it out I'm just like yeah they just said you know this you just questions no not really this is what they said you know take I just take what they said that's what they told me and kind of you know right but if god forbid she would get sick mm -hmm. you would need to play the role yeah that she plays yeah because when you're the one that's sick, you typically, you you can't really be, the person who's sick can't always be depended yeah. on because they're dealing with uh, the psychology of what the heck is happening to them. Mm -hmm. And it, you need somebody who's going to know, not be afraid to ask the questions and assert themselves on your behalf. That's good. Um, let me ask you this. So we're talking about dreams, right? We're talking about the, the the symbols, the signs about the day before, the week before, maybe childhood, if that's uh, the case. Sometimes, um, is this every dream? Is everything. every er, every dream? So the weird dreams of everything, because like you kind of wake up and you're like, nah, that was just that was just cheese. That was the cheese I ate before I went to bed, or the pizza. <laughs> But the dream that I had the night before, that was definitely God speaking to me. But it, you think it's every dream we have is all yeah. telling that inward dialogue, that story is coming out because we're yeah. not dealing with it, right? We're kind of suppressing it so it comes out, right? Exactly. And, and, it, and it is about the first level this week. And when you go deeper into the dream and you're wanting to know about your response to today's situation, where does that come from? And how can I change it? That's when you would go back into the, that's when you would look back into the past, like a woman who's uh, being chased by a rhinoceros. That's the whole dream. Mm -hmm. She was actually a podcaster like yourself. And she told me a dream just a couple of weeks ago that she's being chased by a rhinoceros. And it's this pressure, this unbelievable pressure that she puts on herself. And so she needs to, and she's connected to the person who's the victim running away where she needs to more connect to the rhinoceros part of herself 
the powerful <coughs> part of herself that instead of being chased, the part of herself that knows how to take on the heavy and run with it. Yeah. Run with it. Yeah. That's good too. So what about, so we're saying every dream, right? What about the people? Because I hear this a lot. I don't dream. I just don't dream. Do you don't dream or you don't remember your dreams? Or right. There's, you think every, right. everybody kind of has to deal with that every night? Nobody's exempt. Yes. No, because dreaming is just thinking. That's all dreaming is. I'm taking the whole fantasy and mystery away. Imagination. And, but, but you're dreaming in a language. And the language is the language of metaphor. And that's what I teach. Yeah. I teach people how to understand what the rhinoceros is for you or the woman who's an unbelievable procrastinator and she's dreaming that she's sitting in a chair and the chair starts on fire. And so it's literally pushing her out of the seat because she's procrastinating and she needs a, I was going to say a fricking fire. <laughs> she needs like something to literally get her up and out of up and out of the chair. And so uh, yes, at the first level, the dream is the discussion that you're you're having with yourself. Definitely. Uh, okay. So. And so, if you want to remember a dream, I'll tell you uh, the one thing that's the most important is intention. Intention is everything. If you leave pen and paper beside the bed, and you decide that you want to have a dream, don't judge it. And take the judgments away, and you don't need to have a story that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we know that by the fire in the woman's seat to get her to stop procrastinating, or the woman being chased by a rhinoceros, or the guy climbing up the ladder. You don't need a big, long dream. It's going to tell yeah. you what you need to know. And uh, so that's one way to do it. And don't get off the bed. Reach for the pen the minute you open your eyes yeah. um, and start writing. Or another thing you can do, which is amazing, is sit in a chair and take your watch off and look at the hands, look at the face of the watch, and now close your eyes and imagine the watch in your mind's eye. Or you can then uh, look around the room and look at all the paintings and furniture and the phone and everything around you in the room. And now close your eyes and walk around the room in your mind's eye and see how you do. So this business of opening your eyes, closing your eyes, opening, closing, that's the experience of waking up from a dream. Sometimes I'll say to myself, where was I just now? Where was I? And sometimes that helps me get back into yeah. the dream space. Yeah, sometimes you want to get back. Like, oh, I woke up, man. I want to get back in. <laughs> sometimes you're lucky enough to go right back in, or then some. Yeah. Well, it's bad when that's a nightmare, though, right? You're like these people are chasing you, and you wake up like, thank God, I woke up. Shake yeah. it off, go back to sleep, and they're still chasing you. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah, that happens that to, to my happen. husband. It doesn't happen yeah. to me, yeah. but it proves that you're that the dreaming is just thinking, because it's like you picked it up where you left off. And the reason why a dreamer knows when uh, they're having a discussion with me, the reason why a dreamer knows that they've hit on the truth is because they get this, what some people call it an aha, because you inside, you know that you've, you've caught your dream. And the reason why you know is because you were just discussing it with yourself when you were sleeping. That's why you know, because you were just there talking to yourself about it. 
Um, man, I just I have so many firing off, and I'm 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 resonating with it. So you let me know when you need to go because I gotta I gotta. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> and follow. I got a handful more questions here for you if you're good. Oh, um, yeah, I'm good. Go ahead. So. Um, I come out of, um, man, there's so many places I want to go with these questions. Let's go, let's go here. Um, dealing with that, those symbolisms, right? And what it means to us, that's how these stories are made. The, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, like, um, Lord of the Rings, maybe every movie, every story, the hero's journey that comes out, it has to come from, from somewhere first. These people represent things in people's lives, or whatever the case is, right? That's These, right. So, like, you there's. Me. You sound a, like James Taylor. James Taylor says that when he's having trouble with lyrics to a song, he just likes to pop off for an afternoon nap because he's hoping that something's going to come to him, which it did. I mean, Fire and Rain is yeah. from a, a Dream. And so, Paul McCartney also. Uh, Mother Mary comes to me, yeah. speaking words of wisdom, let it be. That came to him in a dream. A dream or a LSD. It's, kind of, it's <laughs> up, up, up in the air. But, hey, same thing almost, right? My goodness, I'm kind of getting overwhelmed with these questions here because um, I'm just trying to get ahead of myself. But with, with those, there's like a world within a world. Like there is. These, these people, you know, the, 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 the monsters, the weird people that show up, your your uh your neighbor from 20 years ago like that's really not your neighbor you know what i'm saying like that's that neighbor represents the fun you had when you was a child or you need to get back to that he's like hey man let's go play you're like oh i gotta get to work oh my god i know you've got it now by the way just that you said that that you're dreaming about someone who's from your past your childhood when you were and you associate that person with having a good time and you've been working way too hard. So you're connected to that. I call it a database, by the way, because every single memory and association that you have ever had since you're born is there in your filing cabinet. If you're over 50, I call it a filing cabinet. And if you're under, I call it a database. And what happens is when you go to sleep tonight, your unconscious, the database, it's going to open up and all and all the, the associations that you have that help you say to yourself something that's about this week, something that you're trying to problem solve. All those people will show up. Like in your database, by the way, you, I heard you say that you're married. Mm-hmm. So in your database, every single woman or girl that you ever dated in your whole life they are all in the same filing cabinet. They're in the same file with your wife. And when something happens with your wife this week, you are going to choose one of those girls. Mm. 
but you're not, it's not random. You're going to choose somebody who made you feel the same way that your wife is making you feel this week. That could show up as a, a stranger, right? Sexual intercourse with strangers. And some people don't. Oh, yeah. they don't. So, hey, but, 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 but even I mean, that could represent your wife, right? Maybe yes, it could represent a lot of things. Definitely. Like, yeah. uh, what, what, you know, like I like to say, uh, I, here's a woman that dreaming that she had unbelievable sex. Great was the metaphor for the fact that she doesn't like boating or boats at wow. all. And her husband went out and bought a boat and she had just spent the weekend on the boat and got the biggest surprise because she loved it. She absolutely <laughs> loved it. So there she was doing something yeah. that she would never imagine herself doing in a million years. And yet she's having like a great time. So she used sex to say that to herself. Sometimes people come to me with a sexual sexual dream and it's because they haven't had sex in so long that they actually forget what it feels like. And for me, it's like, take that feeling and run with it. That's, mm -hmm. you know, you were horny and you forgot what it feels like to be horny. So you want to take that feeling of the dream and run with it. Take care of yourself, look mm -hmm. after yourself. Um. You spoke a little bit a while ago kind of about meditation. Do you think that meditation is like a way that we can induce the dream state or in, in, induce the trance state? And I like to go back to the Bible and scriptures. Like it speaks a lot about the visions in the trance state and inducing trance states and receiving visions or whatever about, about yourself or about decisions that you need to make. So you think meditation is like a good practice and that's kind of we're doing the same thing in meditation that we do when we dream? We are. We are doing the same thing. It's the same. It's uh, because you don't, although um, I'm just thinking that uh, I guess I still feel like I have some control. I could sort of step into meditation where you can't really, unless you become <laughs> lucid, you can't really yeah. step into the dream. Yeah. But I, I don't think the, the images and ideas that come to us, I do not think they're random. I, mm -hmm. I think uh, them, yeah. Because I'm think, always trying to push like the thoughts of the, like, if I'm going into meditation, I'm trying to go deep and I have to push out, you know, these thoughts that come through and they are things that we need to do in the waking state. I'll start thinking about the dishes or thinking about the laundry and the, and I have to kind of get past that to go deep. Like those are, those are still things that we need to do to find balance. You gotta, so I like to kind of, I like to kind of like get all that stuff out the way let me go ahead and do this if you can sometimes you can't get all that stuff out the way so when it's time to go in it's a lot easier and the things that are coming or it's like the next level like it's almost like the sanctification process like i'm talking about and we're just trying to go deeper within our own lives whether it's ascension or just trying to be a better person we deal with the little bitty stuff so that we can get down to the meat and potatoes childhood wounds and things like that there's a lot of people who exactly. help deal with childhood trauma but once we deal with that then what we can go deeper and deeper to unlock and unfold the mysteries of our destiny and things as well right absolutely absolutely it's beautiful um uh, there's a couple of people um wanting to know about certain types of dreams um but but before i go into that let me let me just tell you about this when i when i was a kid i was uh over infatuated with horror movies still am i had to kind of get over it kind of come back to it a little bit just to to like it but i was like i watched so many horror movies that when i turned the lights out like dreaming was scary a lot of times not not the dreams for the most part but getting 
turning all the lights out and going to bed and that it was just creepy. Is there something going to come in my room, something under the bed, something in the closet? And then a lot of times I would go to sleep and I would meet those figures that I watched on the movies and they would plague me throughout my childhood. I got so used to dealing with these monsters and Freddy and Jason and stuff and gremlins. Um, they, they, they would chase me in my dreams. And, um, so maybe this is a two part thing for you. Let's, let's, a lot of times they would chase me and I'd run in slow motion. A lot of people, they're running fast as they can, but they're not going anywhere. Let's, let's look at that. And then let's look at the fact that I got so used to doing this that I knew that I was in a dream and I was lucid as a kid. And I would say, okay, I need to kill myself because if I don't, Jason's going to get me. They're going to chop me up or torture me. I'm going to have to look at him. So I got to the point where I would run and dive headfirst into a rock and I'd wake myself up out the dream. I'd see an ocean or, or a lake and I'd dive to the bottom of the lake and try to wake, drown myself so that I would wake up and like these Jason and these guys would try to pull me out the water. So I, they would try to prevent me from killing myself so I didn't have right. to face the trauma. And I'm just... Right, We're going. I, I, I'm explaining it as I'm explaining what it means in my life. It's all revelation as I'm saying it. So, yeah, wow. it's crazy. Who are you? Know, <laughs> now you know how to do it. So you're because I've been running, run, running from trauma, running from the scary connected. things in my, my exactly. whole childhood. Wow. That's yeah. Good. And you were dealing with it. And also you were giving yourself a rehearsal about getting away from it or how to deal with it. You give yourself a rehearsal because you know that expression, been there, done that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were, that's what you were doing. You're giving yeah. it to yourself in the dreams. And then you when it happens in waking life, you've been already doing that. It's like been there, done that. You remind me of when I was, um, oh, then, oh no, I'm going to, uh, I'm reminded of something better about a woman who's having rejection dreams, rejection, rejection. And it's just like, overtaking her and really it's because in an intuitive way she knows that her boyfriend is ending that relationship she knows it's coming to an end and so what is she doing she's giving herself these horrible dreams even though she hasn't acknowledged it in her conscious her unconscious or higher self or intuition or whatever you want to call it or god yeah. she knows something's about to happen and she is completely blind to yeah. it during the day but then the event actually happens and and she's been practicing being rejected for like three months already yeah. and so it is like been there done that she's actually exercised that that she's been rehearsing and so she's copes better you desensitize that's the word i want you desensitize yourself in the dreams so when the yeah. life situation happens yeah. that you were probably anticipating, you are actually better equipped to handle it. Yeah, that's good. And it gives you an empathy. I've been here before. I feel for uh, people. Yeah. I feel for people who are dealing with trauma like I genuinely do or the things I've come out of, the things I've dealt with. I have a genuine empathy to help them get through their stuff. Right. Um, right. Let me ask you this about the dream, too, because like. When I'm having those dreams about monsters and it just plagued me, literally, it was scary. Like my whole childhood, it was a big part of it. Um, but now that I'm older and I've dealt with the things I've been running from, I've dealt with my fears, fear of dying, fear of whatever the case is that those, th those traumas represent. Once you deal with them, the nightmares stop. I, don't, yeah, and you I can still, 
I can still enjoy a good horror movie, a good thriller, and not have to fight them when I go to sleep because I've dealt with that trauma. Yes. Let me. So there's that too. If you want, like, get the answers, respond to it in the dream state and in the waking state. It's the same way. But what about fighting those monsters? I've heard this. Uh, David Wilcott talks about this a lot, and I've done it. Where you have a reoccurring nightmare. And you're running from the shadow being, the monster, whatever it is. And instead of running and then waking up, you stop and you face it in the yes. dream state. And then something happens in reality. What's that about? Right. And that is about, that is exactly an example of the rehearsal that I'm talking about. That the dreams give you a safe place to rehearse. Courage. So when I'm dreaming about my aunt, who has such a big mouth, and I don't ha didn't have at that time in my life, I didn't have my voice. Her appearance is the beginning of the rehearsal. And then I'll dream about somebody else. Or maybe I'd have a dream that, uh, and it would have to be a dream that's really bad. Because like maybe I dream that I'm watching somebody get raped. Because I would choose a situation under which circumstance I would not stay quiet. And sometime then you wake up screaming and it's part of the rehearsal about speaking up a little bit, mm -hmm. but you'll create a scenario in the dream yeah. that forces you to scream because yeah. it's giving you yeah. that it's giving you the rehearsal. Man. Or, or you have those dreams all these questions are piggybacking because I'm, and I'm getting away from other questions. But you have a dream where that's happening and you can't scream. You open your mouth and there's no voice. That's excellent. And when you I know? hear a dream like that, when you use that point of entry, that there's no sound coming out, that's the point of entry you go for. Then I would ask the dreamer, what do you think is going on in your life this week? What situation is happening where either... You are not speaking up about something, so you feel like you have no voice. Or is it that you are speaking and you're really not feeling heard? Mm. Feeling That's like there's no sound coming out. There may as yeah. well be no sound because nobody's listening to me. Yeah. Or the woman who's dreaming that she can't hear. She loses her hearing. And she loses her hearing because there's stuff going on that she doesn't want to know about. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to hear about it, so she's turning her ears off. <laughs> now on top of that so we have that where you have no voice in your dream and someone getting back to some of those questions people are having uh wanting to know about sleep paralysis you have no voice in your dream some people transition out of the dream maybe it's psychological maybe your body is still in the it's still your body is still asleep but your mind is awake or your eyes are open and you have sleep paralysis right you wake up you feel like there's entities or beings in the room or laying on top of you and you can't talk. You try it's to speak like a, and they, something's got your like throat. It's hypnogogic experience. That happens sometimes. And uh, if it's close to the time you're waking up, it, it only lasts for a couple of uh, seconds, actually. It's like if you know that it's going away in a couple of seconds, so it doesn't, it's not like a reason to panic about it. Mm -hmm. I love when uh, I actually love it. And, and it, it, I am so scared of spiders. I hate them, hate mm -hmm. them, hate them. But, to, but it's very normal to see a spider when you wake up and you're having that kind of hypnagogic experience. Yeah. And what I do, because now I know that it's not staying there, 
I'll lie in bed and look at it and say, you, you ain't going to be here in about 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you engage it a little. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But see, that's the weird yeah. thing because, like, we understand, like, if your body wakes up and it's still asleep, you have sleep paralysis. You have, I mean, there's so many names for this, but the weird thing in my studies, I've, I've had this happen to me as, as a kid and it kind of shaped me to do what I'm doing now. But the weird thing is maybe it's because it's embodied with the fear and you're still asleep. So there's a your fear that you can't move and you can't speak. So your mind produces an image oh, that maybe. is fearful because you wake up and I've had like gremlins on my chest or little beings walk in the room and the the whole thing that changes this thing that makes you think something's there is the fact that there's usually a monster uh you know the old hag syndrome a lady a old witch screaming in your face or right. alien greys watching you is it just because you wake up and you're in fear so your mind's like first fear object Make oh you're scared of you're scared of yeah. cats so there's a black cat you know is that how it works yeah, it kind of does work like that. And I want I don't want to leave that question without saying to you that all those gremlins that are on you, that's the part of yourself that does what gremlins do. And it's coming up on your chest because it wants to get closer to you. It's like when you dream that you're sleeping with someone, you want to ask yourself, what are the first two or three things that come to my mind about that person's personality? Because it's not random that, that, that you're in bed with that person because you want to be understanding what part of your personality is getting closer to you. And you want to pick the part of the dream that's the most uncomfortable, the part you're most afraid of or the part you're running away from or the part you're just plain uncomfortable with. And you want to get closer to that personality yeah. trait because that's probably what and who you need uh, this week. All, gonna- all, all of it's kind of playing together because there's, I mean, there would be people who would say, okay, wait, wait, you're just trying to explain the way that I was visited by aliens or I was visited by gremlins or demons. Right. Um, and so you're trying to tell me that it's explained away by in my mind, but I guess we have to go back to the other side. It's like, why one why do you want to be what's inside of you wants you to be visited by aliens or demons and then two if you really were then why did they choose you why did they come so it all does still however you perceive that you have to figure out why and and there's a lot of character traits as well and i'm finding this by doing all these interviews even with people who were into the healing arts most of them were into they were abused they didn't have a mom and dad around there was stability that they found in spirituality or in god or in the church right from not having it so it, it represented that balance like i didn't have a dad i come to christ and i get into the church and god becomes my dad 
it balances, right. it works, and, right? And the way that you can test out what your theory of what you're talking about is if you use what the uh, the point of the entry, if you use dreams as the point of entry, and you follow the um, method that I have, if you follow that method, once you've attached the dream to the current issue, because it will attach itself to a current issue. And once you've done that, then you can look at all these other aspects that you're suggesting might also be going on. Then it suddenly makes sense. Suddenly it makes sense why these certain things are happening. Like I just was talking to a woman not long ago who's dreaming that she's so excited that she has a, a new puppy and she has the puppy on a table in front of her. She's in a chair at a table and she's got the puppy on the desk and she's so happy. And all of a sudden the puppy who's everywhere, all over the table, all over her. And my uh, question to her was, what would be your solution in waking life? Take the story of the dream out into your waking life and tell me what would you do in your waking life if that happened she said well the first thing i would do is get it off the table mm. that's the first thing i'd do <laughs> i would take the puppy off the table and then i'd clean it up and clean myself up and that was about the fact that she landed a brand new job that she was so excited about and she couldn't wait to get there so excited and after she was on the job for about 10 days she found out that her job her boss is an abusive SOB. Yeah. And he was pooing all over her, literally. Yeah. Right? And that and so what is the dreamer's response? What's her solution? When I asked her, she said, take it off the table. And that's what she did. She quit the job. So because was that something that she she had that dream while she was going through that, or was that like a yeah. precognitive dream? So it was while no. she was going through it. Yeah, it was after he was so abusive. And then that night she had that puppy dream and it helped her quit the job. She quit the job. Okay. And I want to ask, I want to ask you. Uh, and the way, the way she found it was by the feelings. What happened recently that you were so excited about that suddenly turned into a pile of crap. What happened in your life? And as soon as I asked her that she question, she got it. Um, I'm going to ask you about precognitive dreams and prophetic dreams here in a second, but I want to uh, address this one thing that I kind of touched on we didn't go back to, but running in slow motion in the dream. When you're being chased, when you need to get out right. of there, you know, you have a dream and there's a little monster next to you. You're trying to run as fast as you can. You're like walking on the Not air. Yeah. And the question to the dreamer is, what you want to ask yourself is what's going on in your life that you're trying to get away from that either is the dream there, this is always in the form of a question, it's like Jeopardy, is the dreamer, are you having trouble running away from something, is the dream there telling you that you should not be running away, that this is a situation where you better just stay still, and the dream is giving you a rehearsal to staying still, or is it something that yeah. you do want to be running away from and somebody's got a hold on you mm -hmm. and so you're having difficulty getting away but the you know maybe you want to turn that running away into uh, levitation or flying suddenly lifting yourself off you know 
It depends on what's the situation. And that's what I do. I'll ask the dreamer, is it a rehearsal for staying still as something you're trying to avoid? Or is it that you should be trying to get away from something and the dream is there to grab your attention and get you noticing that you should get the heck out and away? Mm-hmm. Wow. I know for but, me, I, I know for me, it's I'm, I'm running from my fears and running from the trying to run from them and I can't I need to face them trying to run right i don't really have those dreams anymore but as a kid that was a common thing but that's very normal that you would have those dreams like that as a kid because children have more nightmares why do they have more nightmares they have more nightmares because you don't have the control when you're a kid you can't say okay i don't like what's happening here i'm leaving i'm going around the block i'll be back in a couple of hours because you can't get into the car you can't leave the house You're stuck by your teachers, by your parents. And that's why the feelings need to go somewhere. It's what I was talking about before, about Mm -hmm. that you you can't hold it in. And so nightmares are very, very healthy. That's why I call it all have a great dream, you know. Have a great dream. Let's go ahead and plug the book again because while there's people listening, we'll plug it at the end as well. But go ahead and let people people are asking about your books again just while they're here. So if you uh, want to go they're, plug those. They're both called Have a Great Dream. The first book is called Book One, The Overview. And I kind of wrote that for sort of for my 25-year-old who said to me, Mommy, can't you tell people how to do it? And not in 350 pages but like in a hundred page, could you just tell me why I had that dream? And so that's why I wrote book one, the overview, because it's a hundred pages and that includes pictures and you get to find out why you had that dream last night. And the second book is called have a great dream, a deeper discussion. And if you want to talk more about what you and I are talking about today, then you would want to buy the bigger book also because, uh, That'll help you out. And, of course, my site is haveagreatdream.com. Awesome. Make sure y'all go check that out and support that. I do have a couple more questions here. I've I've Um, got time for maybe one or two more questions because I have another show coming up. Great. I do, too. We'll we'll hurry. So these are good, though. Um, When it comes to – I come out of Christianity, the Christian church, right? There's this – and I'm going to probably explain this by setting the question up. But there's an over – uh, uh, overzealous uh, infatuation with the end of the world, with Christ coming back, dest- destroying the wicked, cleaning this thing up, you know, birthing new life. And so people have these dreams about the world ending and, and, and all of these things. And they try to, they try to, they think that they're prophetic. Like God gave me a dream that he's coming back to destroy the world. Um, further study, usually shows you that it's not the end of the world, but the end of your world and something going on within this dream state. Again, the explanation is why do you want the world to be destroyed? Well, because the world is a nasty place because my boss is an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Why do you want this thing to be whitewashed and start over? So people have these dreams and that's the interpretation of it. But what about the literal in the prophetic dreams, I had a, a literal dream that this has happened. This dream is not symbolic. I mean, I get met with this platform. I get messages. True seek. I had a dream. You're going to die. I had a dream. You were this. I had a dream. You were that. I even me. I understand that I represent different things to different people. I represent liberation. I represent exploration. Uh, I re- represent living your dreams. I represent whatever right. I mean but to that person. Got, 
if and somebody I try to got tell a people lousy that. job, if somebody has a real lousy job and they can't stand being there and they don't like, it's not so much that the job is lousy, it's that they don't like their work. They hate their work. And so there you are, Derek, a guy who's doing work that he loves and the dreamer dreams that you died. And that's because wow. that dreamer might be saying that the part of himself yeah. or the part of herself that doesn't feel they'll ever be able to get away from their uh, their their job that they don't like doing, they dream that you died because you represent the part of themselves that could have a job that they like to do. The and if they don't don't want to step in there and do it, they'll dream that you're dying. But I'll, I'll finish the show with telling you uh, how I see um, synchronicity and ESP. As I say that, and you already know this about me, that I am looking at dreams from a problem-solving perspective. And so while I'm doing that, I also think that there are other things going on because we're only using like 10% of our brain or something. There's yeah. so much more going on. But I think that we are simultaneously, there's things happening simultaneously. And I'm going to give you an example. This woman, in this is all the way back to 1997, that this woman came to me and she said she was dreaming about the Talk family. Uh, the name of the family is called Talk. And I think they spell it T-O-C-K. But she dreamt about them and she knows the talk family. She wasn't even friends with those kids at camp because she was so much older than them. But when she went to camp, there were two brothers from the talk family that went to the same camp as she did. And it and she dreamt that the talk family was in a hotel looking for shelter. And the dream turned out to be about the fact that that same camp from so many years ago is the same place where she met her boyfriend. And so the link, because it's so freaking sophisticated. You got to dig sometimes. It's going to blow you away when you start to see the images that you choose and how precise they are. So the, the talk family links her to the boyfriend and she's, they're looking for um, shelter and of course, if you're allowed to say something to somebody, really what you want to say, and they're not going to reject you, and they're not going to break off with you, then you're you're you've you're in shelter. You've got you're in a safe place, and so she's looking to be able to talk in a safe place. That's what the dream was about, mm. and it helped her link to the boyfriend, and she went to the boyfriend and talked to him. So she didn't pick some other family. She picked the talk family. She needed to talk. And so then about two weeks later, in 1997, the ice storm happened in upstate New York and also Montreal, like lower Quebec and upstate New York. And we lost power for over a month. And during that uh, period of time, this dreamer had to move out of her house because there was it was longer than three weeks that she had no lights and no electricity. And so she went to this hotel in Montreal. This is after the dream. She went to this hotel in Montreal to try and find a room. And she ran into the talk family who she hadn't seen in like 20 years. So she ran into these people looking for shelter, just like in the dream. Mm. So what I like to say 
is that because of what I do, I say that we are problem solving in our dreams and we are using memories. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the past, the present, and sometimes from the future in order to problem solve something that's happening today. Wow. I love cool, it. Eh? No literal it, dreams though, right? They're not really literal. I mean, even Freud said sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I just want to ask you really quick. Have you seen uh, the Netflix new series that just came out, Maniac? No. Watch it. Okay. Watch it. If I if I translate anything to you, watch it. We just started watching it, but it's it's about everything that we're talking about in this conversation. Jonah Hill and uh, Emma Stone. It just came out on Netflix. It'll blow you away. It's about it. dreams and regression and symbolism. It's a beautiful. You will love it. Definitely check that out. Maniac on Netflix. Uh, Lainey, I appreciate you coming on. I thoroughly enjoyed this this episode. I'm going to plug your book. I'm going to plug your website. Everything will be in the description. So hopefully we'll send some people your way. Hopefully some people are as touched by this episode as I was. So thanks again thanks so for, much. for coming and I'll, on, I'll just with say me. before you turn off that I did change not the title, but the subtitles of the book. And so the best way to get the book is to go to haveagreatdream.com because then I connect you to the right link on Amazon to get you to the right place. And if if someone's having their own dreams and they, these reoccurring things and they try to get to the bottom of it, they can't. Obviously, you kind of teach the people to do that for themselves. Oh, yeah. You can do a private appointment. You can you do go, appointments you go to well. haveagreatdream.com. You can book a private session. I'm actually speaking in New York City on October 28th. I'm doing a full day workshop at the Open Center. For those people that are listening that live around the New York area, you could come and join me on Halloween week. Heck, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, Lainey, for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you, Derek. Let's do it again. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Lainey Dolphin, ladies and gentlemen. I loved it. I think I was getting deliverance and revelation the whole time. The interview was going on, man. Oh, my goodness. I really enjoyed this one. I can feel it. I hope y'all can feel it. I really do. Oh man, it answering so many questions and and I'm trying to I'm trying to be uh observant of the chat and I see people in here and I got my brother Chris Bars, he's all we're talking about psychology, man, and you just see how it mixes with spirituality and these psychological terms that explain our spirituality. I think both are needed. You know what I'm saying? And I think they go together. We're talking about a dream. Many people think that this life is a simulation and that this literally is a dream within a dream. So everything that comes into your life, we're, we're like decoding our dreams that we have in the dream state. But in our waking state, maybe we're playing out the dream that who's having the higher self. 
higher self is having a dream or something. I'm like, hey, bro, bro, what's going on? What do I do, man? Okay, the next step is this. It's crazy, y'all, when you when when you really break it down. But man, I agreed with everything, man. It's it's beautiful, and just like I said, it doesn't like some people. <coughs> excuse me. Some people would get upset because you feel like the psychology takes away the spirituality. I think the psychology and the science is um, reiterating the same things that we're saying in a scientific method, different wording. I think they're both, they're both right. Again, like if you understood how I was trying to formulate these questions, like you wake up in the middle of the night and there's aliens in your room. Let's just let's scratch that. You have an angelic encounter. You wake up, your guardian angel is there with you in your room, right? You're in awe, you're in wonder. Whether it's in your dream, whether you had the dream about that, why do you in this life, not everybody, we talk about this, not everybody sees guardian angels. Not everyone sees aliens. Not everyone sees fairies. But what is in you that you want to and you drew, you drew that experience to yourself? What, is, what does that represent to you on a deeper level? The angelic encounter, your guardian angel. Is it the fact that, you know, for many of us, like we feel um, vulnerable we can't speak up for ourselves. We can't protect ourselves. So we have this angel that appears to reassure us that we're going to be okay because I have warring angels that fight with me. Like what encounter? Like why did you need that encounter? Like everything that happens in our life, it doesn't happen just for some weird reason. Biblically, like there was there was encounters like that in the Bible. And I don't think they had encounters for the hell of it. And a lot of people are just trying to have encounters for the hell of it. No, 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 no. Bad baby. Don't do that. Encounters for the hell of it. Yeah, it like it's deep. It's beautiful, mystical, wonder, awe, creativity. So much comes out of those encounters. But why did it happen? It did not happen for the hell of it. Like we see in, in, in the scriptures where that, that story happened and uh, Elijah was praying with the young man who was scared to death, right? There was uh, an army coming after them. They were scared to death. He's like, look. Don't be afraid, man. There's more for us than are against us. And the guy's like, nah, man, we're, we're through. We're through. He's like, look, let me pray for you. He prayed for the, the the young man. The eyes of his understanding were open. And he was able to see chariots all within the mountains. Chariots of fire, it says. UFOs, starships, whatever you interpret that to be. Merkabas is what the, the Hebrew breaks it down to. But he's seen them all in the mountain. And then it reassured him like, okay, yeah, we got this. We got this. It's almost like those those battles where there's like, I know it's happening. Like a lot of, it happens in a lot of action movies and Marvel and stuff where like somebody's running into battle and everybody looks and they say, oh, all the enemies turn and run. And it's just one guy running, ah, running into battle. And he gets his confidence because everybody turns and runs. But he doesn't know that there's a big army behind him. So, you know what I'm saying? And then he turns around and they just run into battle with the army. And that person thinks that they're, the, you know, that that whole army's running from him, right? It's just this confidence boost. And, and having uh, these dreams and these things happen, these situations happen for a reason, not by the hell of it, not by chance. Like nothing, none of that happened 
by chance. Those you got to pay attention to the detail, even in the dream state. Pay attention to the detail in the stories and in, in, in the Bible and the allegory and these beautifully careful, carefully crafted stories that reveal your deeper inner essence and the way you're created and, and what they represent and who Noah is to you and who uh, King David is to you. And who is your Goliath? Is your Goliath your boss? Does your boss boss laugh at you? Do, do, do people do, does your um does your professor laugh and scoff at your faith? You're a Christian? Oh, <laughs> we're going to change that, right? We're going to ch- you're a Christian, we're going to change that. That's so elementary. Uh and in this this professor the boss, whoever represents Goliath to you, they're mocking you, laughing at you. And it seems like there's no way that you can overthrow them or outwit them or outsmart this person. So these people represent things within our lives, just like in the Bible, the allegory, the stories. Where did those stories come from? They came from God. OK, where does your dreams come from? Well, your dreams come from the, you know, the trash from the day. Some people believe. No, it all comes from God. God is in all and through all. It is all God. Your mind, God. Your heartbeat, God. Your breath, God. Your situations and circumstances, God. Get the picture? It is all one. And it's beautifully connected. Intricate. Every part is intricate. Telling the story. All We need it all to coexist. We need it all to function. Man. I'm lost within the mystery and found within simplicity is is the deep esoteric breakdown of life of a basic dream. I just, I just dreamed that uh, I was being chased by dogs on the very out, outskirts or esoteric or exoteric. And then the esoteric is what, what do they mean? Let's go deeper. Who are these dogs? What kind of dogs were they? German German pit bulls or whatever, or German whatever, German shepherds. What does that represent, German shepherd? Well, my husband's German. Oh, his family's German, and they don't want us to be together. Oh, Lord Jesus, there you go, right? And this is how this stuff plays out. Or it doesn't. It doesn't all mean one thing. That's the whole thing she was talking about the dream books. And I li- literally, before we even did this episode i was looking at course material to go through with the group on thursday nights and one was about dream interpretation i read through it and he had already had like four pages of symbolism and what they mean and majority of it i know that it doesn't mean that or it doesn't mean that to me or even like if you use an allegory in the bible like it doesn't even and this was a christian book so i was like yeah i can so trying to, to figure out what it means being chased by a pack of german shepherds you know let's just what does it mean to you the bible says that the lord is my shepherd i shall not want the lord is the lord's love is furious it's aggressive he'll chase you down like come on man what does it mean to you does it mean everything no, it, it, to the individual, to me, it could be it means something else, but to you, it represents this: every symbol, every sign, every dream, and then it plays over into our encounters and our experiences. Why we need these experiences? Why we want these experiences? Why do you want to see fairies? Did you lose your awe and wonder? Like, 
to really get to the why. If we're going to do the inward work and we're talking about ascension, there are things that you're carrying on these certain lower level frequencies that you can't carry to the place that you're going. You have to deal with it. You have to pass the test in the dream and in the waking state. And the big thing for me was like, okay, I'm passing all these things in the dream, in, 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 the, in my waking state. Let me pass these tests in my dream state, man. When I'm tempted or whatever the case is, I'm like, I'm trying to pass these tests. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, overly thinking about that everything is a test, that everything is scripted by the grand architect. You know what I'm saying? The the one who created everything. Everything is created. There are ways to work through and to manage and, and, and to deal with everything that, that we're facing in life. So I'm trying to figure out what it means. And so I'm trying to like, I pass the test in the physical. Let me try to pass these tests in the, in the dream state whatever it may be, whether it is sexual temptation or whatever the case is. Like, I'm not trying to have them. I'm not trying to have those dreams. I don't want to have those dreams. Like, why do they come? And she played, she, she explained a lot of that stuff really good. Um, a lot of it is the stuff that we're entertaining and what those symbolisms mean to you. And we're talking about too. I discussed this in, in a lot of detail is that the Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So you're going to have to have somebody who really understands it. I, I, man, look, most of the stuff we were talking about today, I've, I've been, uh, getting to the bottom of myself. I don't do a lot of, uh, I don't read a lot of books. I don't, I need to read Freud and I need to read a lot of these guys. I know some of their quotes and stuff, but I really want to read this stuff because this was the first time that I've really had a deep and you guys can tell this was a genuine conversation, man. I really was elated. Um, but that stuff's coming out because I've been studying this stuff from a biblical perspective without commentary. Just reading the Bible, getting the understanding from the dream state in the Bible. That's the biggest dream manual ever. Like there's so much from from Genesis to Revelation, the dream state, visions, revelation, trance state, all of it is all in there. And so this was the first time I really got to pick somebody's brain who you know, went to school for this and, and does this. So it was so awesome. I love this. I love what I do, man. I just, oh man, it's genuine. And uh, it doesn't happen all the time with every guest. You guys know that. Like I have some of those guests on that. I had a guest on for 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, I want to go longer. I want to find common ground. I was like, all right, bro, I uh, appreciate you. We'll see you on the next one, you know, and it's over. But some of them, I'm like, how long can you stay? Let's go deeper. You know, the last one I did with, with Tate, like most of my older podcasts were two to three hours back in the day. And maybe because I'm doing so much more and I'm, I'm I'm producing more versus one per week and I have a lot of other stuff that I'm creating. I don't know why they got a lot shorter, but it helps when you have somebody that you resonate with. Like, how are you supposed to have a three hour conversation with people that you don't even want to talk to personality wise, whatever the case is. But. This is one you're probably going to have to take notes on, re-listen to. I know I'm going to listen to them. I don't like, I say I don't I don't like to listen to myself <clears throat> back on the podcast, but I like to listen to myself when the Spirit is speaking. When the Spirit's leading me and the Spirit's speaking through me, I go back and listen to them, and, and I'll, I'll get ministered to and deliverance and revelation from the things that I've, I'm saying. Like I, sometimes I, I tap in and I hit that vein, man, and you know that it's the Spirit. And I'll go back and listen to some of those and be like, man, that's good, man. Like, wow. And I'm just ministering to myself. So I like to listen to that when the spirit's there. So when a, an episode like this is definitely moving and there's a...
Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. There's a bunch of them, though, so that's the good thing, right? But some of them I'm just like, you know, it's just an interview, whatever the case is. You don't connect. As I encouraged her to go and, uh, and I don't want to give it all away, um, but as I encouraged her to go and watch the Netflix show Maniac that just came out, trust me, it it's hard to follow at first. It's hard to understand, and uh, I don't want to give too much of it away, but um, when you're talking about allegory and you're talking about going within the dream state to interpret what's going on or cope with what's going on in the waking life that's what that show was about it's phenomenal it's insane I didn't even know about it i seen it i got a youtube ad the other day and youtube ads showed the trailer and i was like what the heck i'm gonna watch that jonah hill oh i don't know how much weight jonah hill lost dude he's he had to lose 200 pounds man jonah hill was big especially like in uh wolf of wall street let me google this right quick how much weight did Jonah Hill lose? Jonah Hill shows off weight loss. Let's see. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to show this for the, you guys uh, watching on uh, on YouTube. I'll just show this here. I think it should be. Nope, that's not it. Um, that's not it. Where is this? Here it is. Okay, so there's um, a picture of Jonah Hill. And he, I think he's even smaller than this in the show. He's lost even more weight, but he's he's a lot smaller than this. Actually, you can see his chin, man, chin line and everything. Dude lost a lot of weight, and he's a phenomenal actor. He's been in a lot of major roles, but he's in this one and he's killing it too. Um, make sure y'all watch that if you guys are into into some deep stuff, and you know, watch that. That's a really really good good show. But it's it's uh, Jonah Hill and. Uh, Emma Stone, uh, the redhead chick, um, played on, uh, what's that? Uh, she played on a lot of stuff, but uh, Scarlet Letter is what I'm thinking of. All that stuff. She played on a bunch of stuff. Good show. Make sure y'all go watch it. I do recommend that. And uh, if you don't like it, blame me. But you're going to have to watch several episodes to really get into it. Because it's, it's one of those things that like... Um, each episode like you have the next episode is going to explain the previous one so you're watching episode you're like what the hell did i watch and then you watch the next episode and it's like mind blown wow that's what that was oh wow it's one of those make sure y'all watch that stuff um man such a good such a good episode man um talking about shamanism right i always talk about being able to go into the dream state pull stuff out and bring it into your, your life, into your reality. And it, I don't know, this is how my mind works now, but even I, it was hard for me to, to tell her my dreams, even as a kid that I've even overcome a lot of them through life. But as I'm telling her the dream, I'm interpreting it myself. I'm like, Oh, I was running from my fears, running from my trauma. What are your fears? There's a fear of Chucky and stuff. Yeah, I'm scared of that. But the deeper fears, like, you know, dad left. Is mom going to leave too? Like when I'm left at home alone with my brother, is he going to lock me in the in the chest again? Like oh, I was just 
fears, man. And so when you go to sleep, you just process all that fear and it just comes out and you have to deal with it and you have to get over it. And I'll tell you, like those dreams did stop as I did the, um, um, you know, the childhood healing stuff. I went through deliverance ministry and, um, that stuff came out hard too. Like it was, I would say, you know, there were demons attached to it, but what are the demons, right? I say there's demons attached to it. The Bible talks about demons being thought forms and ideas that are bad for you that kind of get in and sink in. That stuff affects the way you react. These bad perceptions that you have, they're demonic strongholds. The Bible says if someone's going if you're going to plunder someone's house and rob somebody, it says at first you must bind the strong man. And in the Bible the strong man represents these certain types of thought forms and thought patterns, demonic patterns that go against your 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 higher good and go against your greater good. And you got to bind them. You got to deal with them. You got to cast them out. Cast down every thought and every imagination and uh and you may have to get over some some stuff, some judgments and for and forgiveness, unforgiveness, right? Running and fighting with unforgiveness in your life. That's crazy too. Try to get to the bottom of that. Um good stuff. So I'm since we're talking about dreams, I'm gonna go ahead and go, go into it just a little bit uh, deeper with some things I had here. So we got the al- we got the allegory right. You say no, it's not al- allegory; it's literal. The Bible is literal. The Bhagavad Gita is literal. You know, but you have to look at the allegory of these stories. Like, where does the allegory come from? We look at, uh, like I said, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, Star Wars. Um, the Lord of the Rings, the Matrix, it's all allegory. But we want we want them to exist. Deep within they exist, right? They they all exist. It's all taking place within us. Like I said, Joseph Campbell referred to it as the hero's journey and the power of myth. The power, not the it's the power of myth, not the uh explanation of your faith myth. No. You're looking at it wrong. There's power in those stories, man. Unlock the power of those stories. Connect with the divine through those stories. What does it, what do they mean to you? Because if, yeah, literally, like, what does it mean to you? No, it's not about what it means to you. It's about the literal meaning. There's nobody on this planet who's going to agree with everything in your religion, in your Bible. That book is too big. It is subject to uh, interpretation because we're going to read the same story and we're going to get something different from it. And we're going to be, it's going to be right for that person at the right time. That's what the Bible calls the logos word of God. The word of God is the logos. It's what for what you need for you at that moment. Like what did it mean to you for that reason at that moment? You know, two years from now, you might read those same stories and you'll see deeper things that change the whole story. But if you look back at where you were when you read it the first time, it doesn't change that. It meant that for you and it helped you and it served you. Those thoughts and those ideas, the logos, that's what the word of God is to sustain you from day to day. The manna from heaven. Only get what you need for today. Don't try to take more. Don't try to take less. Get what you need for this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't give us, don't give me tomorrow. Don't. Lord, give us today the bread that we need for the week. No, give me today what I need to sustain me and to conquer this day and to go go through those cycles, man. 
24-hour period, go through those cycles with the phases of the moon, with the cycle of the sun, the stars. Like we're, It's all about that. There's stories, there's allegories, it's all telling the stories of seasons and cycles. I mentioned, um, man, I mentioned, uh, what's his name? Um, Star Wars, uh, George Lucas admitted and talks openly about his um, influence from Joseph Campbell setting up the hero's journey. Sounds a lot like Jesus's journey, the death, the resurrection, the rebirth, um, accepting your fate. You know, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Questioning your fate. If it's possible, take this cup from me. But if this is the only way, I'll do it. Like all that plays out in those movies. And I, keep, I always told myself, I was like, man, why do we keep seeing the same script in every movie? Why we can't come up with something new? Why is it always the same? The villain comes in, there comes with a, a, a problem, you know, some, and, and, and we're spending the majority of the movie trying to write that problem. Like every, the majority of, of movies are, are like that. And it's like, man, why we can't think of nothing new? There's nothing new under the sun. Like it's all been done. You know, they try to, they, there is other movies and stuff, but the most of them, it's like problem solving skills and the way that we liked conflict and, and resolution and order ab K order out of chaos. We like the chaos and then we like to fix it. We like to see how it turns out. That's like every movie, man, all of this, all of it, the, the villain comes in and takes the, or the villain comes in and tries to take the infinity stones or whatever they are. And then you find the whole movie, you're trying to get them back and, and it all comes from the hero's journey. And it's a, it's a beautiful story explains it. Um, it, it kind of, you know, fits and personas fit in there a little bit, like what you think about yourself, how your, your mindset is, how you're going to embrace the day. Like she talked about like, uh, giving you courage to face the day through the dream state and stuff. I remember when I used to play basketball a lot back when I was younger, I would, um, embody different basketball characters in my mind as I played. So I had, I had like people that I liked, um, Tim Hardaway back in when I was younger, he was one of my favorites and that, and he had a certain style of playing someone who's going to drive to the rim, maybe shake you up and try to hit a, um, a reverse layup, right? He wasn't dunking. He's just driving, hitting layups on you. I loved his, uh, um, style of playing and I would embody that, right? And it would help me in my, in my waking state and something happening in my mind affected the way my, my output, um, I would, and then there would be other players. I'd be like, well, I'm gonna play like Sean Kemp today. I'm gonna play in the post. I'm taller than a lot of these guys out here. I'm gonna play in the post, and I'm gonna be getting rebound. Dennis Rodman, I'm getting every rebound this whole game. My, I'm getting rebounds, and I'm jumping over like I'm even jump. I play with older people who are like two foot taller than me, and I'm snagging rebounds, boxing them out because it's in my mind. I can easily go back to Tim Hardaway and say, "Look, I'm gonna bring it to the outside. I'm gonna shake this big tall dude up, drive by him, and try to lay up." And I can do that too. But it's like this persona that you're living out because of a decision you made in your mind. So Tim Hardaway represents this style of playing. Uh, Sean Kemp represents this. Dennis Rodman represented that. And then I kind of play based off of those personas, me embodying that. It's good stuff. Sounds silly. Like we're just being open, but Hey, it is it. Um, crawling says, uh, how tall is truth? Six, one. 
Uh, I'll disappoint you. I'm I'm pretty short. I'm not that sh- I'm not I'm short, but I'm not that short. Anyway, um back to the allegory. They're real, bro. People get mad. And I've been doing some writing on this about the allegory and the power of it. And then the defense mechanism is because you're almost like saying that they think you're saying that their religion is a lie. They think that you're saying that what they haven't believed and have given their heart, their life and their death, their eternal salvation to believe this certain doctrine or whatever. And they feel they get defensive and think that you're saying it's a lie. And it's like, you're telling me that I'm, I'm following a lie. Nobody likes to be told that. So what is it? It's the allegory. It's the meaning. Apply the meaning. The boy who cried wolf. That really happened, bro. There was a boy who really cried wolf. And then when the wolf came, nobody came to help because they had already started coming. So but that's based on the true story, bro. Doesn't it make it? It makes it real, though, if, if it was explained to you. It's like a legend. You have urban legends. It's a legend. Hey, man, there's a dude, bro. He used to always cry wolf, man. And they got him. Be careful, dude. You're going to end up like that guy. It really happened. And so it makes it's like when you're watching a scary movie. I love these scary movies. You're watching a scary movie, and it's like based on a true story. Oh, shit. That changes everything. That changes based on a true story. I thought this was fake, bro. The Blair Witch Project based on a true story. It's really, and it wasn't, right? At the end, you find out it wasn't actors and all that kind of stuff. But when it came out, that, that show was phenomenal and the movie was phenomenal and changed the way that uh, from that point out of like cinematography where you could go out and, and do the first person thing. So many movies came out after that first person. They got the camera on themselves. Oh, my God. Cloverfield, right? That came out years after. But Cloverfield, then we have all the paranormal activity type movies that tell you that, hey, this was this is a true story or this person's shooting this firsthand. This is cell phone footage. This is real. You know what I'm saying? Even before that, I kind of like to give uh, homage to uh, the uh, the McPherson footage. Um, the McPherson footage was something that came out when I'm talking about these so-called was a true story. Um, let me see. Uh, the I'm gonna type it in right here. Uh, the McPherson uh, footage. Uh, I think it's called it. But there was it was a, an incident um, incident in Lake County. The McPherson footage. This stuff was uh, it came out on the WB uh, back in like um, maybe '97. 1998, January 18th, right after my birthday, uh, 1998. Um, watch that stuff. That's that's where they got the idea for um, um, what's it called? Uh, it's blowing my mind now. But um, the Blair Witch. But this was like the same type of deal, but with aliens, right? There's just all these people at this birthday party. They got up. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They literally have a, a home recording camera. One of the big ones back in the day you have on your shoulders. Got the little eye thing. They have one of those and they're filming them at a birthday party. Power goes out. All this stuff's happening. They go outside. They see aliens on the roof. And, oh, Lord, there's aliens. And it, they were responding to it. Really bad, cheesy acting. But it, they sold it when it aired on the WB like it was real. And me, in my mind, watching horror movies, scared to death of aliens as a kid. I'm watching that. I got E.T. laying in the back, you know, right now. But um, me watching that as a kid, and then you see the disclaimer based on real real events this is a true story you're like oh lord then it goes into we're thinking about like uh what's the other alien movie uh fire in the sky based on a true story the story of travis walton these aliens these demonic looking beings that show up and pick you up and kidnap you and beat you up and it changes the way that you perceive it because you're like this is real this really happened bro that doesn't come, even though, like, somebody says the fourth kind, Allie. I refuse to watch that, Allie. I refuse to watch it. That's when, when the fourth kind came out when I was doing, having a lot of ET contact, right? A lot of angelic contact. And that was kind of like something that would uh, discourage you from, from doing that. These abductions and all kind of crazy uh, possession type deal. So that came out when I was having my encounters. So I was like, nope, not watching it. Still haven't watched it to this day. But all that stuff, it shapes the way. And even that, they tried to say that was a true story. And we even have real footage. And I think they did like side-by-side footage of like um, Mila Jovovich's character, amazing actor, actress, by the way. Her, she played that role. And then like supposedly some real footage of the real person uh, going through like what seemed to be deliverance. And all the and it just something like that would reaffirm the fact from a Christian uh, standpoint that uh, – it's demons, bro. See, they're demonically possessed because they watch that movie and they base their understanding and perception of aliens and demons off of this movie, which was said to be real, which in the end, admittedly, is all made up. But you, your your level of belief and you let your guard down as thinking it's just allegory or, 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 or a story. You're probably not thinking allegory at the, at the moment, but... Um, you let your guard down to, to believe it. And so the funny thing is like I'm watching gremlins and watching critters and all of this stuff. And there was no, there, there even was no, uh, no disclaimer that it's real. Like we knew we didn't know cause I thought they were real. They look real. That's my problem with horror movies. Now is the fact that these horror movies, these monsters, they don't look real. They're CGI. Like it doesn't even look real, but you can have a little puppet run by the, in the corner of the, the dresser in the movie Cat's Eye, and you're like, oh, look, that thing looks real. It's a real. They literally would dress, you know, pe- they would make a full-size um, suit, and they would make a full-size set that would look like a, you know, a toy block, a Lego, you know what I'm saying, the dresser. They would have these real life-size-looking dressers and stuff, and they would film it, a, a real person in the suit running by the corner of the dresser. And then they would put it on, on film and then they'd show it next to a puppet and all that stuff. And you're like, wow, that's like, that's real looking. I don't know why they don't do that anymore. I hate the fact that they've gotten gotten away from the uh, 
the puppet stuff. Maybe it was the death of Jim Henson because he was responsible for a lot of that stuff, right? Maybe with his death marked the end of that era. But they don't shoot uh, horror movies like that anymore. Like you see a CGI monster walk into the room or CGI, whatever, and it's just not convincing. But for me, something, man, those little puppets, and there, there's Facebook groups and stuff that I follow, uh, Rubber Little Monsters is a, a really cool Facebook group that's dedicated to uh, like showing all of the, like how they're made and some of the really ones you even forgot about. Some of those things are super creepy. Like when you have something like in the flesh there versus something um, uh, that's just CGI, and like you can tell, man. So that's one of my things with with horror movies because I still love them, man. I'm kind of I've gotten over the fear, and I think one of the reasons I like it, I have like horror movie T-shirts and stuff, and I collect some of that stuff. I got some horror movies back here. Let me just grab this. Give me two seconds for those of you watching, for those of you who are listening. I'll explain to you what they are. Hold on one second. All right, so here is um, some horror movies that I found the other day, or a couple weeks ago, on. Um, VHS in, a, in an old building, but these are some of the best ones, man. This is the uh, one of the originals of the collector's edition of the Night of the Living Dead, and this is really cool. VHS collect collector stuff. That's really cool, right? To have um, Dawn of the Dead by uh, is this George Romano? George, George Romero. It looks like there's a signature on this. Maybe it's. It's an anniversary edition, edition of the Dawn of the Dead, those zombie movies, right? And it looks like it's signed. I'm pretty sure that's just printed on here. I need to find out, though. He's no longer with us. That, he was a great man, George Romero. Um, and then here is one of the best, man. I got to let my daughter watch this one soon, The Creep Show. Creep Show, VHS of The Creep Show. Man, really good stuff the the old the old throwback stuff where they used puppets or painted people up to be zombies i think you know maybe that's one of the reasons why the walking dead's doing so so good or have has done so good you know it was physically something there those zombies got uh more intricate as the seasons went on and they look man there's some crazy um makeup and, and and artists who are affiliated with that show that can bring that to the table but for a part of me you would say like garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're and that 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 exists, I think. Like, what it what is fear is only going to represent to you what you let in. Okay, so to me, um, um, fear represented Chucky. Fear represented gremlins and critters and those little disgusting little monsters. For others, the fear that represents itself to you in in a dream could be something totally different it's the point it's 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 the the por it's the point of reference what represents fear to you in your dream and while you're dealing with fear whether it's from the movie or whatever or from usually like we're talking about it's not literal it's she's talking about it's not it has nothing to do with the movie but they represent characters they represent personifications of fear what what does that fear represent to you so your fear may be riding a bike. Like, you know what I'm saying? So a little kid who has not watched the creep show or not watched gremlins and stuff, they're they're not probably not gonna have dreams of being chased by gremlins and critters. They may have a dream that they keep there's a bike. You gotta keep or clowns, right? Some people are scared of clowns. It's whatever they see, like dogs. If you don't have 
like these little monsters to kind of go back to, to the point of reference, you're going to be scared of a dog and a dog keeps chasing you and a dog is showing up and a dog for me, it was, I think it's intensified because I had these little grotesque looking monsters, but it is still, it's still fear. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, it's the, the feeling that you fear. Like you can feel, you're going to feel the same way by that dog. If that's your, your POR or you're looking at this guy from creep show, like, you're still going to feel that fear. Maybe it's intense. To me, it would be, I would think it's more intense to see a gremlin. Trust me, I was scared to death. And, and I think that had something to do with it. But you're going to you're gonna feel that fear. And you're going to know what it feels like. And, uh, you know, getting the courage. That was just something beautiful she brought to the table. Is that you kind of process those feelings. And you know what it feels like. So when you go through that transition in, in, in the waking state state it's not as hard and you don't freak out and you don't like mess your brain up in the way your brain functions by having all of this stress and stuff and like for me i i do that empathy in in life and i do that gratitude in life because i came from nothing like i showed if you go on my instagram you go on any of my social media you'll see where i came from i started out in a shack in the bayou like in the shack so in a shack in the in the swamps of New Orleans, Louisiana, like right on the outskirts in the bayou, bayou gosh, there's a picture of it. I went back to visit it. It was deep. It looks like a shed. Like it's crazy. Uh, went back to visit. I come from that. So, and then I look back at my life and there, there's, you know, things where I feel like I, I should have died, man. The experiences that I've had and guns pulled on me and smoking and ingesting things that probably should have killed me you know what i'm saying so every day that i have in this life i'm here i'm thinking i have that breath that breath is still there okay attitude of gratitude and honor i give thanks let's go let's move forward what, like what's next i don't have to like i've dealt with the trauma i've dealt with that stuff and i, I embrace it i'm thankful for it so i'm thankful i made peace with those demons that existed i made peace with those gremlins right uh essentially you would think Garbage in, garbage out. Why would you entertain those things? You're supposed to renew your mind. Yeah, it's been renewed. I have, and now I'm approaching these things with a renewed mind. Now I'm able to watch a horror movie with a renewed mind. Not a little kid hidden in fear, being bullied and beat up by his older brother and then having to deal with bullies at school and all of this stuff, right? You know, man, just so much guys i'm having a i'm having revelations like crazy on this show i hope you guys are too but i look at like my my uh over infatuation with gangster movies gangster movies um black culture urban culture like music you know what i'm saying like that personification I was over, I loved it, man. I'm a little kid walking around the, I remember my brother just like, be quiet, what are you doing? I'm walking around the house singing songs at like eight years old, nine years old about weighing dope. I don't know what it means. I just, I know the lyrics, right? I'm walking around, I'm, I'm just singing it out loud. I said, man, mama hears you, man. She's going to take our CDs. Like, oh, oh, my bad. And I'm like, oh, you know, trying to process that. But then I grew up watching those those movies and it became the, became the personification for me of watching Boys in the Hood, watching Menace to Society. Man, I will watch Menace to Society over and over and over and over. Somebody said Goodfellas. And it's like, I tell myself I learned how to fight by watching, you know, 
uh, some of those movies by, by watching. Uh, man, you learn you learn from the things that you you watch, man, and uh, and it plays us. But you have to ask, why do you like it? Like, what does that for for most people? Like, it's gonna fulfill, it's gonna fulfill a need, man. It gets into a lot of weird stuff about what you're dealing with. Why are you hooked on dope? Like, why are you smoking dope? Why do you why do you shoot shoot up? Why are you shooting heroin? Why are you smoking crack? Why do you smoke weed every day? Why do you need to escape? Or why? Or me even on that side, why I don't do it? Because it represents, and I understand what it represents to me and what it, what it needed. It was my crutch and those things. So you look at everything. It gets crazy. You look at everything, man, and say, why am I drawn to this? Why am I drawn to video games? Escapism. But then again, I love art. I love, ch- I'm competitive. Why are you competitive? You're just trying to overanalyze everything. That's all you're doing is overanalyzing it. Well, you need to. You're trying to get to the next levels? You're trying to stay stuck on the video games. You'll never get nothing accomplished. You were trying to stay stuck on there. You're trying to stay stuck on gangster movies. No, I'm trying to figure out why the hell I'm drawn to horror movies. Why I'm drawn to gangster movies. Why does it, how, why did it, you know, maybe... I learned lingo. I learned how to talk by listening to rap music. I learned how to talk, listening to gangster movies, how to fight. And then it comes out and I'm a rapper, right? And all that stuff kind of plays out. And it, even before we went live, she's like, oh, I just love your voice. I'm like, it helps me when I rap, <laughs> right? But sometimes when I'm breaking down some intellectual material, it you may take me less seriously. But so I've kind of, even with that, kind of found a way to, balance the two that I don't have to always be super serious even though we're discussing very serious subjects I can be the lighter side to it the Vinnie Eastwood of spirituality occultism the bible right going through it all so why do I entertain these movies God delivered me from a lot of that stuff I had to be delivered by working through it you don't just get pulled out of it you got to work through it Stuff will be stuck all on you. You got to wash yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. You got to do it. Why? Man, this is just crazy. It's like one of those movies, man. Why? And somebody's commenting here, Christy Folks, is like talking about Brother Wayne. Who the hell is Brother Wayne? Where did Brother Wayne come from? He Brother Wayne exists, right? Brother Wayne is like the epitome of of uh, of the Southern Baptist Convention. And this this character that I've created who is like, a know-it-all, you know, uh, preacher who is like the epitome of all the uh, internet people exposing people. So it's this persona that I created that comes out through that. But he wouldn't have that persona. I wouldn't have created that if there wasn't a need for it. I wouldn't have created it if it wasn't an outlet. And there was a lot of stuff that comes with that. And it's kind of diminishing a little bit. But essentially, all of these things come from somewhere. And you create them. And, And... and they they serve you. They serve you. And you got to cut out the stuff that doesn't serve you. Cut out the stuff that doesn't serve you. It's Nako. Um, again, let me try to finish this. Why why do I still watch horror movies? Well, I've made peace with that, right? I've made peace with with my demons, essentially. Whether the horror movies horror movies wasn't my demons, I show my daughter some of this stuff and she laughs. And it's just not it doesn't have that mm, that it had for me. Or for for my generation, a lot of kids laugh at. They laugh at our music. It's not good, you know. It's a just it's the ways of perception. I laughed at my mom's music, 
But now that I'm older, I love that music. I love anything from that. I, I literally love almost anything from the 80s and 90s. It's the nostalgia. It's the time machine that takes me back. Anything. And you play, you know what I'm saying, Cindy Lauper. I mean, I used to ride in my truck, work truck. Girls just want to have fun. I turn it up, man. Turn it up, man. And it just brings you back, right? It brings you back. Not, And I, I hated it when I was a kid. Man, I don't want to hear that. I'm in the gangster rap, man. You don't want to hear that when you're, you know, I didn't want to hear it. But now I enjoy all of it. It takes me back and it helps me see things differently because I'm older. Well, when I was in it, you can't see it. You can't see the forest from the trees and you can't smell it. You know what I'm saying? You can't really deal with it. But I've made peace with my demons in every, I'm trying to, because y'all feel like you don't make peace with them, they're going to get you. Ever seen that movie Drag Me to Hell? I don't know if y'all seen that, but they're going to try to drag you to hell, man. Literally. Bitterness, rage, envy. Why are you envious? Get something for yourself, and I guarantee you stop envying other people. Talking about the dreams. You've given up on your dreams. Well, go recapture the dream. It's You can do that. You can recapture the dream. I, I've done lots of episodes on recapturing the dream. I've done it for myself, and I've given up on my dream and spent hours and crying and things like that when it comes to dealing with my dream, thinking that it's lost forever, and it's a pipe dream, and I'm following something that there's no possible way that this can work, and I've recaptured it. There's been key players and people in my life who have encouraged me to do that. There's books that I've read that were stories of allegory that played out my story, even in the Bible and stuff like that. So, um, man, this stuff is it, it. It's all theory. It's all beautiful, crazy, articulate dream state stuff until you have the power to bring it into your reality. Have the pot. Somebody says right there, home sauce. What up, brother? He's saying. As above, so below. He's talking about the movie. I did see that movie too. But literally, as above, so below. As below in your mind, so it embodies in your life. As above in the ethers, in the heavens. We're talking about this so-called character or characters, um, angels, demons, uh, higher self, God, that exists above you, but also within you and on the earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below. And so to be able to manifest that stuff in the reality and not just be a victim, but to be a victor, not to be someone who's just on default, but someone who's making choices and you know what you want. Like that process from just existing to, hey, let me shape this thing. Let me mold this thing. Let me breathe some breath into this thing. Like that's the hero's journey. How long it takes you to get from here to here, then from here to here. Uh, the Israelites going wandering through the wilderness have no idea where the hell they're going. They're just wandering until they kind of get vision. Someone with them gets vision and it took them like, you know, uh, hundreds of years of slavery and this years of wandering that they could have like I think somebody did the um, the math on it with um, um, Google Maps and uh, you know the, the map app on the phone and it was like a six day walk like a six day journey it took them like 40 years wandering aimlessly and that's how we are we wander aimlessly 30 years 20 years she's talking about 40 and below right whatever it is age that you're waking up hopefully the younger the better you can deal with your stuff there's a lot of more people who are waking up at a younger age and they're becoming way more conscious we talked about it this weekend at the um at the uh the concert and in the, in the festival that we did but as quoting christy lee but christy lee is working with people who are stepping into their destiny at 70 years old 60 years old who are just now dealing with the stuff that happened to them when they were seven 
you're 60 and you're now dealing with something that happened to you when you were seven. I mean, it's deep, people. Don't waste your life, right? Deal with it. Do the work. Nobody's going to do it for you. No one can do it for you. You have to do your own inward work. You have to do your own inward work. The allegory of the boy who cried wolf. Like, you have to learn the lesson. What does that mean? What what does all, all of this mean? To you, not to me. I articulate what it means to me. You articulate what it means to you. And we try to get to the bottom of it, find common ground, find the beauty in the blueprint. But it, it might mean something else to you, and that's okay. That's the weird thing. Religion, doctrine, and dogma, and sectarianism will have you believe and, and, and teach you that because we see different things, we're not the same. Or we can't be friends, or we can't build together, or whatever the case is. You know, I like everything but this. I like all your stuff but that. I don't like what you say. Oh, it's fine. I don't care. It don't serve you. I don't like your podcast, man. There's 17,000 other podcasts you could choose from. I don't like your music. I like it all but this. Tune it out. Does that make me a bad person? Like, what does it? Why don't you like it? And that's, we're getting deeper again. Why don't you like it? Like, why don't you like it? Well, I don't like it because this. I have things I don't like. And I don't like them for reasons. Not because I'm biased and judgmental, but because I've dealt with certain things. I hate depression. I hate, there's a lot of, I hate bullies. Like I hate people who <laughs> stuff people in chest. You know what I'm saying? Like you hate, you you have, you have a, a prejudice for a reason. You've dealt with similar situations. So it makes you angry. Why, do you, why are you reacting? So that's what you got to kind of get off, get off on too. It's like, why are you reacting? Why is that person causing you to react? I had this conversation like yesterday or the day before with a friend who talks about I got friends who keep losing jobs I got friends who bounce around from job to job and it is insane seven jobs in six months like crazy stuff that's weird what's happening something's up and this person is not really good he's in customer service and it reached a point where it's just not good he don't know how to talk to people he just quits caring he just starts Telling people how he really feels and belittling people and cutting them down and keeps getting let go from job to job to job. Like, how are you responding to people, man? Why are you doing that? Like, you have to play to your strengths. Like, you got to learn not to do that or learn what it is. Um, I just don't like this stepping down on me. Like, I, I was on I was on a job years ago, one of my first jobs. I worked for the city here in a little town called Satsuma, Alabama. And uh, I worked there, and my boss, they were a bunch of good old boys. I'm coming off of, you know, gangster rap and just getting in church and trying to better myself and all that. But I come out of this, my I talk differently. I, I'm from New Orleans, and I'm living in Alabama. They don't even like the way I talk. They tell me to repeat myself. They can understand me. All kind of little funny redneck little jabs they would take at me, right? Um, and I was on that job, and there's this dealing with those type of people but then the boss would always talk to me like I was a kid and essentially I was I was 17 when I started working there and I really learned to grow up on that job too and uh but I had the relationship with the boss I was getting in trouble a lot like we had inmates and we were doing stuff and it was just it was crazy lots of lessons lots of memories too there at that job but um the boss would always talk down to me and then some of the employees would talk down to me as well like I'm a kid you know, and I'll talk to you like you're stupid. And um, 
I was there, I think I was there five years. And then so I, um, I ended up leaving that job once I, I kind of went to the next level, got my CDL, started driving another truck or whatever. But I told myself that I'm not going to, it was kind of there a little bit. Like I'm not going to put myself in that same situation and, uh, and, and let people talk to me like that. Like I'm not going to let my, uh, my next boss is not going to stoop down over me and are you stupid? All this kind of stuff or whatever they, they did talking to me like a kid. So I told myself that went to this new job and like the first or second day there, there's this little older white lady who's the owner yelling at one of the truck drivers, which was a bigger black guy. And, and she's just cutting him down, cussing him. Are you effing stupid? You don't know how to do your job. You're and she's just laying into him, right? And so coming from this past job, I told myself I wasn't going to do that. And I seen a picture. Okay, that's what it looks like. I have to prevent myself from letting that happen. I have to let this lady know if I do something that she don't like, which I did, she cannot talk to me like that. This He's just taking it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He, she's like, you're stupid. You're an idiot. You're good for nothing. And it's like, hold on. This is crazy. This little lady. So this is their relationship. When he gets out of line, he does something wrong. It's okay for her to vent. She might be venting on whatever. You know, the, the company took a loss. Her husband said something out the way to her last night. Why are you responding to this man like that? Let's deal with her inner childhood wounds, right? Why are you? Why do you feel like it's okay to talk to anybody like that? And if you you do, like, why do you feel like it's okay? Why would you let her talk? Where Where do you stand? So moving forward, I, I made that statement. Look, she ain't finna talk to me like that. Hold on, I'm a grown ass man. I put my uh, you put your pants on one leg at a time, like me. You don't wake up and just jump into your pants. You a person. You can claim yourself. You're just just like me. You're not finna talk to me like that. So I took that with me. That was early on. And it, that was like my, my graduation point, not being a push around, not being a, a push over. Even, you know, being passive sometimes is about holding your tongue. Maybe that's what that guy was going through. But I had told myself I wasn't going to uh, let anybody just talk to me any kind of way. And so you have to. Everybody's experiences is different, man. And uh, you get to the bottom of it. And I, I really, you know. I appreciate every single part, every single role that we've played and we'll be able to look back at it and, you know, thank God for the demons. I really do. I do at this point. You never, I don't really, you get, I think you get to a place where you thank God when you're going through them. You make peace with your demons when you're going through them. You welcome them. Hey man, I've seen y'all before. Okay. This is it. Okay. This is what y'all doing. Okay. I get you. I've dealt with y'all before. You deal with people like that. That comes with the prejudice thing. That comes with the preconceived notions. Sometimes it's healthy. Like there are prejudice for a reason. People do this. These type of people usually do that. Be careful. Don't walk down a, a dark alleyway in, in, at night by yourself if you're a woman. Like there's, thing, there's things that exist for reasons. Like inward, there's wisdom in it. You know, so it's like, oh, just don't judge anybody. No, there's prejudice and stuff and, and, and wisdom for a reason because you've bit, done it before. And the more experience you had and the more dreams you had, like she was talking about, you're able to kind of learn from it, apply it and move on and go to the next level, the next chapter in your life. So you're like having dreams about nightmares or something that happen happened to you when you were seven. Deal with it. Get over it. Literally. With grace, but get over it. Um, Talking about dreams, man, I've had. I wanted to ask her about this dream too. Somebody asked me, I think it was uh, Chris Garner. Who's uh wanted me to ask her about being naked in public? 
being naked in public. And I think that, um, I really don't even think that you even have to ask her. Like, I think you just see what it, cause you, cause she's going to ask you like, why ask her? Cause she's going to ask you, right? She's going to make you kind of go within and see what it means, right? What it means to show up and not be prepared, right? I mean, that was me. Like, I, I didn't really have a lot of naked dreams. I had, I had these weird dreams that I would go to school with no shoes on. Like, I wouldn't be naked in school. I wouldn't have no shoes. I'd be like, damn, I ain't got no shoes on. I'm walking around barefoot, you know. And I'd be like, man, where's your shoes? Everybody's, like, calling it out. You know, what does that mean? Not being prepared or not being, for me, you know, a fear of not being able to play sports. Wow. We're just going to go deep. We're just going to do it. Not being able to play sports, I mean, it, it represents, like, my mom not being able to, um, like, I, I made the basketball team, but my mom had to work in the evenings and couldn't take me to, to practice, so I couldn't be on the basketball team. We live too far away. So I have dreams about going to school without my shoes, which means I couldn't participate in sports. Crazy stuff, guys. What does it mean to you? It might mean something mean different to somebody else, and it may can it probably does have multiple meanings as well. But what does it mean to you? Um, I started being able to interpret dreams, man. I, I caught myself um, obviously trying to interpret my own dreams, like why am I having dreams of tornadoes? And some of these things kind of stand out. Why am I having dreams of of tornadoes? Why am I having dreams of snakes? Like those are reoccurring things. Earthquakes, you know, and those are those things may kind of stand out that they represent you know things like that you know and it and it, it, it i'm telling you even tornadoes what does it mean to you does it mean destruction is is everything about to be twisted and, t- and turned around for you you know is there a new beginning coming is there a devastation coming or it doesn't all have to be negative that was one thing with that that book i was looking at it was all negative stuff what's the positive outcomes of it it don't have to mean something negative what's the positive outcome Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's think. What does a tornado mean to me positive? How can that be positive for me? One way for me would be a t- tornado coming into your life would see ascension, Elijah. Uh, I think Enoch too. I'm not. I can't remember right off. But uh, I know Elijah. He was caught up in a whirlwind. He ascended, left this place in a whirlwind. He ascended to the next dimension, another level of density, a new frequency. Does is that what it represents in your dream to you? Make the best of it. Why not? Let's look for the good and all. We've been there where we looked for the bad and everything. That doesn't really work out good. You start, you become a hermit. You just become a know-it-all. You become someone who is judgmental and not fun to be around. You're sitting there judging everything, even before it's a point in time. Um, 
But yeah, I, I begin to uh, be able to, to uh, interpret my own dreams, and then I would be able to interpret my wife's dreams. And it was just like the Lord just speaking to me because I would be laying in bed, and we'd wake up, and I'd still be half asleep, so I'm kind of still in the dream state. And my wife's like, oh, my God, I just had this dream. I was being chased by a wolf. You know, it's always it's being chased by something, right? I'm being chased by this. And then this comes up. And then I seen so-and-so from church. And then this person, you know, and then and as she's telling me, I'm already getting uh, the uh, interpretation, right? She's saying, there's a wolf. Okay. And then, like, the Lord would speak to me. That's your finances and your job situation. And the wolf bit me and ran. Okay, it took a piece of her. It caused pain. It caused harm. Our situation is causing or has caused or is going to cause my wife harm. You know what I'm saying? And be able to say, and this person came. Or this person just represents, they go to my church. So it represents my church family. And then that person represents this, you know. And it's not, like you try to be literal with it. You be like, man, look, I got to be careful because... If we go camping, I might get bit by a wolf. Like, that dream was surreal, guys. There was something to that dream. If we go camping, I'm watching out for wolves. I'm just saying, wolves, if there's a tornado warning, I'm going to be prepared. Like, and you want to think it's literal. Like, you're literally looking for to win the lottery. I had a I had an overwhelming dream that I won the lottery and won millions of dollars. And I thought it was literal. I... I we took a couple trips, and I went to the slot machine a couple of years ago. I said, look, man, these dreams was real, man. I'm just going to put this money in there just to say I did it. And so I do it. And, I, and we, we literally stopped, went in. I put my money in, pulled it. No, I wasn't a millionaire. Walked out. I'm Because the dream, dream was so surreal, right? I was like, look, I've already won the damn lottery. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah, we... You know, we want to have money. We want to be able to do the things our hearts desire. But we, we literally have that. If that's what you want, you seek for it. The, the Lord said, that if you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. So we think that money fulfills us. But the Lord said, delight in me and I'll give it to you. Don't worry about this person giving it to you. Don't worry about landing the big interview and that blowing up your podcast. Don't worry about landing that or don't worry about this feature or getting a retweet from so-and-so. You know, because your heart kind of gets pulled away in those things in the creative process and ideas. You're like, how can I make it? But just get with the dreamer of dreams and the one who makes the dreams, the one who gives them, the one who opens up your ear in the middle of the night and gives you wisdom and tells you about it. The Bible says that it was the Lord that does it all anyway. So get with that person, get with that entity, that God, that deity. Get with that first. And y'all find out, look, I don't need to go and win the lottery. It'd be beautiful. Great. We'd do it. It would take this to many levels, right? So many levels. But um, I've already won the lottery. I've already pulled that handle. What, in what way? Well, in the way that, I, first of all, I just told you that is an attitude of gratitude that I'm breathing. Y'all still breathing? We're breathing. It's air. What they say in, in school, we used to draw a line and say, cross that line. And if that person crossed the line, we're going to fight. If you cross their line, we're going to fight. Cross that line. It would say, look, ain't nothing between us but air and opportunity, bro. Let's get it. Air and opportunity. That's all it is. Air and opportunity. There's breath. As long as you still have breath, as long as you're still breathing right now, you have something to be thankful for. Something. 
if you got if if the world's falling apart, every other place is falling apart. Finances and and relationships and and thoughts are running wild, and all of these things are going against you. Like you still have breath. You're here. You're listening to this. You're still here, man. We can make something happen. We can do it. Air and opportunity, breath. You have something to be thankful for. So, I won the lottery with that. I'm still breathing because trust me, I know people who aren't. They cannot claim themselves on the earth anymore. They're not breathing anymore. I'm thankful. I'm still here. They didn't kill me. They tried to kill me. They didn't do it. The Lord had other plans. I'm still here. I'm thankful for that. That's the little things. Let's move on out. You got your breath. My heart. My heart's beating. If that thing stops, it's over. It's a wrap. I'll see y'all later. If that heart stops, I'm through. It's still breathing. I'm still beating. I'm still breathing. There's a good song by Head P.E. called Still, I think it's called, uh, what's it called? Still Standing. Uh, I think it's called Still Standing, but it talks about that. I'm still here. I might be bleeding, but I'm still breathing. Might be hurt, might be wounded, but I'm still here. Guess what you got time to do? What's your body naturally going to do? It's naturally going to heal. It's going to heal itself like Wolverine, right? I'm Wolverine. You cut me, I'm going to heal. Eventually, I'm going to get over it. I got my heart. I got my breath. I got two hands. I got a jacked up finger. It it, it hinders me a little bit. I have a, I'm have going to show y'all that are watching on camera. I do have a jacked up finger. It's, it's normal to me, though. It's kind of like some kind of character. If you look at it, like, what the hell is wrong with your finger, son? If y'all can see it, it's like a... It's this finger here, the ring finger. It's kind of jacked up. Um, I have a jacked up finger. It, it hinders me playing guitar a little bit. Um, I can play bass better, right? bigger strings. But um, that hinders me. Uh, I got two hands. A, a table fell on it when I was a toddler. Um, somebody was babysitting me, and uh, they were careless, and somebody knocked over a, a, a a marble slab that was like a tabletop and it fell on my finger, busted it wide open. I was an infant. And uh they said I could e they could either um take the finger off or have I have a messed up looking finger. They fixed it, sewed it up. Probably low cost. <laughs> and I was back in the eighties and I got a finger. So anyway, it's still functional, it's just weird looking. It, it messes me up. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful they didn't cut it off too, right? That's thank that's thankful. Um and you just move out, man. Breath, heart, hands, feet, wiggle your toes, humanity. I'm still here. Then you just move out. Like some of the uh, ex the exoteric things, some of the things on the outside. I got a house. I got a job. Might not be the best job, but it's a job. There's people who would kill for your job right now. The job that you're complaining about, the job that you're ready to be released from. Don't grow weary in well-doing because there's people who would love to be in that situation. Your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband. Maybe rocky, maybe going through some things, but there's somebody who would love to step in your your shoes. They'd love to be there. They'd love to have your husband. They'd love to have your wife. Be thankful. Work on it. Well, the grass is greener on the other side. No, pull your thoughts back in. The grass is greener where you water it. Everybody's asking if that was a a mason ring. Who said that? Uh, Crawlings it says, is that a mason ring? No. No, this isn't a mason ring. It's an amazing ring. Um, 
and this is going to lead me to tell the story. If you can see on camera, if you're listening, you can't see, so I'll explain it. This is the ring. Uh, the focus is, oh, there's the focus. If you can tell, that's the crown of thorns on my wedding ring. He says he's just kidding. Well, now you're going to hear the story, Crowlings. You did it. It's dirty. I need to wash it. But um, it's the crown of thorns, man. And this is my wedding ring. And so this is something that it represents a lot of stuff, right? It represents... Uh, Represents Christ, and it also represents there's a scripture that says, "A three-stranded cord is not easily broken." And uh, and that's always represented for us in marriage, me, my wife, and and God, Jesus, right? So when we got married, like we didn't have anything. I was working at McDonald's. Um, my wife had a, a low-paying job; she was serving tables, and um, didn't have a lot of money. Barely could pay the rent, right? And uh, we prayed, you know, if God. It was going to, you know, lead us to get married. And we wanted to do that, that, that we would just pay for the rings. You know, rings, I think were 300 bucks. He gave us a deal. We knew the guy there who worked there, the jeweler, 300 bucks. So then I mean, that was a sacrifice. I was big. So we, you know, saved the money up and bought our rings, bought our wedding rings. And, uh, it represents Christ, man. Uh, the crown of thorns. So anyway, family came together and helped prepare and, and, and friends and church family stuff like that and we had a really nice wedding and uh that was back in um uh, two thousand and one. So little babies babies getting married. Two thousand and one. I think I was seventeen. Seventeen I think. Yeah, I was seventeen, got married. Wife was eighteen. Um good stuff. Christy folks says Aaron is, is the best. So yeah, being able my wife being able to uh tell me her dreams and I was able to interpret it. And I just start taking it further, practicing it. Repetition reduces resistance. It's like a muscle. You get better at it. Look at me flexing like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm good at this dream thing. I'm good at this rapping thing. When you start out, you're not so good. Like If, you, if y'all hear my early rap stuff, it's out there. But if y'all hear the early rap stuff, it's silly. I'm haunted by that sometimes, but I'm thankful. I'm not haunted. I like the, There's some people who are still around since those days. Very few. But there is some people who are still around. Um, it's beautiful. So, it, but it all represents something. It represents alchemy. I can show people that hey, this is where I started. Just like I can talk about the ring. Hey, that's where I started. I can show y'all the picture of the uh, shack in Bayou Gosh, Louisiana. It looks like a shed. Hey, that's where I started. I'm not there anymore. I can show you a bitter, insecure, potty mouth like negative person i would rob you like i would love to break in your house back in the day. i would rob my friends back in the day i would I've, i rarely robbed strangers it was usually my friends because i knew what you had i knew what your mom had i knew what your video games were like we're going in your house when you leave that's i'm not that person anymore i can show you that person and where that person was headed where i was ended ended up mentally for one thing um show your person into stupid weird occultism and all kind of stuff like that so um, I can show you that I came from that. I have that to to show. You don't. You're not going to be able to know where you're headed, unless you know where you came from. Understand. Understand where you came from, to understand where you're going. That's part of it. I ha- I've had some some dreams that that have assisted me. They were prophetic, right? They they did. Um, they helped me. Like I had dreams about 
stuff that was going to happen, but it included me in, in some way, or I do believe in prophetic dreams, right? I, but, but they are drenched in symbolism. I don't think that they're they're um, literal. I don't think that you're gonna have a dream that this happened. I had a dream, and I've probably explained this before, but I had a dream, and I I don't know if I'll give all the the details, but I had a dream that um the church I was going to at the time that there I had a dream that I was at that church, and there was a black dude wearing all black, had a black top hat, had black glasses, black trench coat, and he had a gun. It was a futuristic gun, had lights on it, lighting up, and and uh, it was from the future. And he was shooting proximity mines on the wall. He's just walking around. He keep walking. I'm like, I knew he was getting ready to blow it up. He's just shooting these mines all over the wall, hooking to it. Um, he blows up the church, and then a lot of those people. And at the church ran for cover and they ran to another church right down the road. It was a bigger church. And, uh, and I, and it's, it's, it's like something's up. I can't forget it. I can't forget the dream. It keeps coming up. I can't get it out of my head. Okay, Lord, what is it? And I start praying. I ended up going to, uh, the youth pastor at the time. I was seven, I was 17. I went to the youth pastor and they're like, I think that's the devil. We're just going to pray against it. I felt like it was God. So we prayed against it. Lord, take these dreams away. You know, all this kind of stuff. I was like, uh, I felt like unfulfilled. Like, uh, I think we missed the point. I think it was something more to that dream. So I ended up bringing it to my prophetic circle that I was a part of on Thursday nights and uh, um, who believed in this stuff. And they had books and they, they worked in dream interpretation and still believed in it. I brought the dream to them and they we wrote it down we talked about the symbolism what does it mean to you okay who what is a black man okay well maybe all black represents evil black represents wickedness or whatever and that's what it represented to me the gun the gun and, and bullets and shooting usually represents go gossip and slander um painted that picture that there was evil gossip and slant slander the gun was futuristic so it would come later it was something that was to come the, I don't know what the bombs were exactly, but they were uh, strategically placed and strategic things that would happen. The church blew up and uh, and the people ran to another church. And quite literally, the church uh, had something happen through gossip and slander. They had a fallout. They had a blow up. And then people literally went to the other church. And it was a lot of people overwhelming amount of people the pastor left and people went started going to the other church and I, I really feel like prophetically like if i was to meet with the pastor if i was to talk with an elder or somebody that we can one pray against it you pray about everything pray against it or deal with the confrontation okay listen address it hey it's some slander we got to get to the bottom of some things some people are you know prophetically release it Okay, there's some people here who you're thinking about leaving. People have spoken evil against you. People don't believe in you. I want to tell you you're at the right spot. God has a plan for you here. And you that's how the the church works biblically. Like there's not no one man show like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle. Like I'm all of it in one. How you doing?" No, that's not the church. The church is a body of people who come together. And within that body, there are different members. There are different functions. There's people who are better at other things than other people are. 
some people are better at getting those dreams. Some people are better at fasting and going to the woods and coming back with the vision. Other people can help you unpack that vision. Other people can help facilitate that vision. Once the people can have the vision, unpack it, somebody can make it plain and write it down and, uh, and bring people together and see how we can execute this vision, bring it into reality. And there's a team of people that exist to do that. It's no, it's no one-man show. Run from those people. Run from that leader who claims to be the leader, your teacher. I'm your teacher. You listen to me. No, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. That's his name. That's his name. The Holy Spirit, his name is teacher. He will lead you, teach you, guide you into all truth. I'm not going to lead you into nothing. That's the Holy Spirit. I can talk about these things till I'm blue in the face, which I do and which I have. But until the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, you're not going to get any of it. You might just like you to have your ears tickled or whatever it is, but it's the Holy Spirit that reveals an idea and a concept to you. I, I thoroughly believe that different levels you can. And, and we graduate from God uses teachers. God uses me. God uses weirdos and whoever your pastor and the people you don't like anymore. Like God used them while you were there. You needed them. You needed that for that season. For that reason, God needed it. You needed it, and God used it. Just like God's using this podcast now for you. I don't know how long I'll be with you. You're here now. You're learning. You're applying. You're doing the research. Things are happening. You know, that's how it is. It's a body of believers, a body of Christ. So we all come together, Christian or not. I don't. I, I don't think that that's a. Uh, it's that 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 wording, that terminology, that phrasing is definitely a Christian thing. Um, I've told you my uh, infatuation with the flower of life and what that means about the body, and we're all interconnected. Uh, in Lakesh, in Lakesh I am you. You are me. I am another you. You are another me. Everything that you're, uh, everything that you're doing to me, you're really doing to yourself. Everything that you see in me is an apparition of something that you don't like within yourself. We're dealing with that. So we, ad we address that. So it may sound Christian. It may sound Christianese. You can apply that. But it's, I think this stuff is universal. For anything to be true, it's got to be universal. It's got to be universal. It, has, it doesn't give a damn about your terminology and your phrasing and the way that you articulate it and the names you put on it. It's universal. It's, it's universal. If it's a principle, now if you want to brand it and you want to call it this, you know, in this exists with everything. We talk about uh, the spiritual gifts in the Bible. I'm telling you, you can break down those spiritual gifts in the Bible a lot better than listening to prophetic teachers. You can break down that stuff by simply learning what ESP is, extrasensory perception, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, where you can use your senses to uh, discern spirits. That's how you're going to have to do it. And you could do it a lot better. So to say that anyone has the market or has the corner on that, they're lying. Nobody owns nothing. God owns it all. We're just expressions of that. We just grateful, grateful that we get to experience it, that we get to, uh, feel a little bit of it, right? We want to feel something and, and through it, we feel like we own it. We feel like we belong, which we do, but nobody owns it. I don't own anything. When I die, this stuff is gone. Like I don't, I don't even physically own anything. I don't even own my body. My body is not mine, but my body belongs to the Most High, in His power in Christ. 
I'm crucified with Christ, that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. There's power in that. There's truth in that. I don't own this. He owns it. He gave it to me. He'll take it away. Bless him. Hey, that's the end of this podcast. Love you guys. We'll do it again very soon. Again, thank you guys for all the support. Patreon.com backslash Truthseeker. Um, really, this wouldn't have happened without you. Thank you for co-creating with me today. God bless you. I love y'all. Join us over there in the Discord chat. I love to uh, hang out with everybody listening. Peace, peace. That does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truth Seeker podcast, head over to truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health, Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.